2: A little bit tight and sometimes it uh, creates some interest particularly during caution flags when the drivers have to make their pit stops and they all come in at one time they have to be very careful of not uh, uh, hitting another car or hitting another crew member or something of that nature but uh, they have certainly it's wide enough that once they do make their pit stop everything is okay but everybody is set here and uh, anticipating a real fine race.
0: We are located beyond the start finish line in the south end of the speedway in turns one and two. It's a narrow track, as we said. It w- widens out in turns one and two, and that's where you'll see the three-wide competition. Then you go down the long back straightaway, and you whale the car into turns three and four at the north end of the facility, and covering the action there for MRN will be Mike Joy. And as you've said, Jack, it's a
3: very unique racetrack. The lower groove here is concrete. The asphalt just got too torn up by these 37, 3800-pound stock cars, so Earl's repaved it in concrete. And then to equalize the difference between that low groove and the rest of the other four lanes of the Speedway, He's put a sealer over it that took some time to take, but the cars have adapted to it, and the service is pretty much the same all the way out. The turns are very wide, as you've mentioned. If a car gets into trouble, he's got three or four lanes to go before he finds his way out to the concrete wall. But coming out here past the gate, the crossover gate, to the infield side, the track does narrow up sharply. And it's an area of the speedway where brakes are very important coming into the turn and tend to go away rather quickly. A driver will drop back off the pace because of brakes and then suddenly come back on once the brakes cool down to operating temperature once again. But we've had some horrendous crashes here, one particularly in the Dogwood race this year with four cars trying to come out of that fourth turn abreast. There just is not room. And you've really got to be careful picking your line out of this fourth turn and then back down the the straightaway
0: to the start-finish line. Back to you. Well, you've met the people that will be bringing you all the action here from Martinsville Speedway. Let's check in with our curmudgeon at large and grandstand commentary with Chris Economaki.
3: It's time now for Grandstand Commentary with the editor of National Speed Sport News, Chris Economaki. Grandstand Commentary is brought to you by Goody's Headache Powder. More people are switching to Goodies because Goodies cost less. And by 2020 eye drops, the only eye drops guaranteed to remove redness. For today's thoughts from the grandstand,
1: here's the dean of American Motorsports broadcasters, Chris Economaki. Is there a big change coming in Grand National Racing? And I'm not talking about downsized cars. I'm talking about the stars and superstars of our sport. For what may be significantly new in this area, Stay tuned. Next weekend, the magnificently improved Charlotte Motor Speedway in North Carolina produces another giant weekend of NASCAR racing. On Saturday, the World Service Life 300, a $140,000 late model sportsman race. And on Sunday, the Napa National 500 goes, worth this year a staggering $300,625. It goes without saying that this kind of money lures the best in the business from both types of racing, and the names need not be repeated here. As a listener of these broadcasts, you know who they are. But how about the likes of Rusty Wallace, Sterling Martin, Kyle Petty, Dale Earnhardt, Joe Milliken, Chuck Bown, Tom Rosati, and Mike Alexander? Rookies all, and each with a special ability. It's been said that if there were such things as talent scouts in stock car racing as there are in baseball, every scout and his brother would have rooms reserved at Charlotte this coming weekend. Who is Rusty Wallace? He's a talented young Missouri driver with ants in his pants who won't let you get away until you hear how he's dusted A.J. Foyt a time or two. Sterling Martin, Cuckoo's son, has been burning up the Alabama short tracks while Kyle Petty's February Daytona win is still being talked about. Dale Earnhardt and Joe Milliken are locked in a standoff struggle for the Citicorp $10,000 Rookie of the Year prize in Grand National Racing. Chuck Bown is a quick Californian whose father and father-in-law were both racers before him, and he's here in the East to make his name, career, and fortune. Tom Rosati may well be taking time off from high school to race at Charlotte Saturday a former hobby car champ at Stafford Springs, Connecticut. Tom whipped NASCAR's best in a big one recently at Oxford Plains, Maine. But that last name, Mike Alexander, not much is known of this 22-year-old from Franklin, Tennessee. Franklin, Tennessee, you say? Isn't that Darrell Waltrip's hometown? Yes, siree. And NASCAR Racing now has its first full-fledged unrelated protege, Alexander, whose daddy gave Darrell Waltrip his late model sportsman start after Waltrip moved to Tennessee from Owensboro, Kentucky, is learning the trade, so to speak, under the wing of Waltrip. And will you apprentice stock car racing under a Waltrip? Not only do you learn how to drive a race car, you also learn how to set one up. And what might be the most important facet of all you learn how to say quotable and controversial things so your picture gets on TV and your name on radio and in the newspapers. Yes, all these young new talents will be at Charlotte this coming weekend in one of the two races, and we'll bet the sale of the program book at Charlotte will be one of the highest in history, for hardly anyone knows the numbers of the cars these boys are going to drive. And this is Chris Economaki reporting. Well, here at Martinsville Speedway,
4: the crowd continues to pour in as we get ready for the start of the Old Dominion 500, and again, it is overcast. There have been some showers here this morning, but for the moment, the wind seems to have picked up a little bit, and I think we're going to be in good shape, although there is a possibility. The race, as Jackie Root pointed out, when we first went on the air, there is some localized rain throughout the state of North Carolina and Virginia, and there is a possibility we may have 20 and 30 lap periods under caution, but hopefully we can go right under green all day.
0: What about it, Ned Jarrett, when you get into a race car and prepare to start a 500-lap event, you look? up in the sky and see the way it is this afternoon. Do you begin to think that maybe it'll go to 275? Do you drive a little differently in the initial going?
2: Yes, I think so, uh, Jackie. I overheard Dale Earnhardt and Darrell Waltrip talking here this morning before the race. First of all, they were saying that they were pleased that it was cool today because it would really make it much better for the drivers out here. Might be a little uncomfortable for the fans, but they went on to say that somebody asked them, say, well, what if it uh, rains it out? And Darrell said, you know, said, I just assume once we get started that the race go all the way. But he said if, we, uh, if there is a good chance it's going to rain, said we have to change our strategy. He said we're going to try to run up front as much as we possibly can, but said uh, when we approach that halfway point, we're going to do our best to be right up front in case there does come a rain shower that would have to stop this race.
0: Taking a look at the man that has planked, Dolly Parton, the Gatorade, Dieguard Racing, Chevrolet, Caprice on the pole. What about it, Daryl Waltrip? How will you drive today's Old Dominion 500? Uh...
5: We should do well here. If I finish here, I usually either win or finish in the first couple of spots. Uh, we don't anticipate anything any different. We do have the Caprice here. Uh, we sat on the pole with it in the spring, and we were finished third with it as a brand new car. Then we have made some uh, considerable improvements in the car, and we think it's going to be a good car for this track. We would have preferred to have our Monte Carlo here, but it got torn up last week at uh, Dover. So uh, we brought the Caprice. We don't feel like that will hinder us in any way. I think with our knowledge and my experience on a track like this, that, uh, if we won the race by two laps, it wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me.
0: Neil Bonnet, this is where it all started. Your relationship with the Wood Brothers and the Purulator Mercury. Now you've planked the car on the outside pole. Can you win today for Paul Cameron and the Purulator people?
6: If we get the car handling well, which right now it's really handling good, if we can get the car to where to maintain a good race speed, and uh, like you say, the right set of brakes, uh, it's hard to say you can win any race. Nowadays as hard as everybody runs, but uh, we'll have a shot
0: at it. This field of 30 cars come out and present themselves directly in front of the north end of the speedway where Mike Joy is. Everybody is, has started, moved away. The field is in tow and beginning to
3: tighten up now. They're giving a signal to just be another lap or two before we're underway. The signal is
2: for two laps as they come in front of me here at the start-finish line, Mike Joy, and head down towards the first turn
4: field beginning to bunch up as they squirrel the cars back and forth, heat up the tires as much as they can before they drop the green here this afternoon. Again, we'll be starting under overcast skies. Actually, Ned, this is ideal racing weather if it stays like this.
2: Yes, it is. The uh, engines will breathe well in this kind of condition, and certainly the temperature is good for the driver. And I'll tell you, the driver really has a workout here on this racetrack anyway. When they go around this half a mile track in between 22 and 23 seconds during the race, of course they qualified at just over 21 seconds, but you have a lot of physical work to do in that short period of time, so it really gives you a workout, so they welcome the cool temperatures here today.
4: Well, most of the drivers will stay extremely busy, short straightaways, you're right back in the turn, and you have to fight that wheel all the way through the corners. The big thing everybody's going to be watching here this afternoon, this partisan crowd, of course, pulling for Neil Bonnet. It's the first time the Later car has been on the front row here in a long, long time, and it has been some time since the Wood Brothers, of nearby Patrick, Virginia, and Stewart over there, have won here at Martinsville. They feel like they have the best shot today that they've had in a long, long long time they were extremely pre- pleased to end up on the front row it's a much better qualifying run than they thought they'd get
0: but Barney there are so many factors that have to be contended with in the old days there would be three or four cars that were capable of visiting victory lane in Martinsville but when you look down this 30 car field you have to go all the way back to 18th or 19th on the grid before you let your voice drop as to who is a contender in today's Old Dominion 500 the Pontiac safety car has the field in tow midway down the back stretch we are getting ready for a start let's go to Mike Joy
3: Drivers have been weaving back and forth trying to get the tires up to operating temperature on this cool afternoon. The Pontiac safety car begins to stretch out the field now. Some lucky fan here at Martinsville will drive that car home today. Keeping the drivers slow in turn number three, pace car still out on the racetrack. Fans come to their feet. Now the pace car driver guns it and heads for pit road. We're ready for
4: a start. Good, tight start as they come out of that fourth corner. Still not coming up through the gears. They're about a 50, 100 feet away, and now they drop the green, and here they come. Shuffling down into the number one corner, Waltrip gets a little jump on Bonnet, takes the inside groove, and he pulls out front by half a car length. Scooting underneath is rookie driver Joe Milliken, dropping Neil Bonnet back to third, Cale Yarbrough fourth. They're heading up for turn three. The inside line got the jump on the start. Waltrip, Milliken moving out quickly. They
3: have a one car length separation on Neil Bonnet at third. Cale is fourth, and Richard Petty gets underneath Dale
4: Earnhardt for fifth single file, they scoot back into the number one corner it's Waltrip out front, Milliken riding second then one car link back comes Neil Bonnet fourth is Cale Yarborough, fifth is Richard Petty 6th is Earnhardt, 7th is Baker, 8th is Bobby Allison, and single file down the backstretch, Milliken tries to get the lead in 3.
3: He tried to jump under Darrell Waltrip and ran out of racing room as Waltrip keeps the car on the concrete, right down against the safety apron. Single file out of turn 4.
4: They'll feel each other out, they'll run single file for a lap or two until they get those tires heated up and they kind of feel what the surface of the racetrack's gonna do under these cool temperatures. They exit turn number two and up the back chute. No change in the front eight. Still nose to tail. Waltrip in the lead. Looking further back, Benny Parsons running ninth, Ricky Rudd
3: tenth, Harry Gant eleventh, twelfth is Terry Levante, and Butch Lindley just moved up to 14th spot.
0: Joe Milliken looks to the inside once again, but when they cross the pavement down to the concrete and turns one and two, it's the green numeral Gatorade Chevrolet leading this field out of turn two. Joe Milliken runs in second. Neil Bonnet is third. Kale Yarbrough four car lengths back in the fourth spot.
3: Richard Petty, fifth up in the third turn. Dale Earnhardt back to sixth spot now. Buddy Baker is seventh. Bobby Allison,
0: eighth. Benny Parsons, ninth. Things begin to settle down in the early going with four laps completed here in the Old Dominion 500. It is Darrell Waltrip out front. Joe Millican runs second. And now Neil Bonnet makes a three-car session for the lead as they go down into turn three.
4: Well, the leaders have already caught the tail end of the field. And right now, Joe Millican looks to be one of the strongest cars as he keeps the pressure on Darrell Waltrip, who's out front. Millican is second. Riding in third spot is Neil Bonnet. Five car links back and forth is Cale Yarborough. And fifth is Richard Petty. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company here's Darrell Waltrip moving around one of the cars as they began to lap the tail end of the field some of the cars now take down to the inside groove Waltrip by three car lengths over Joe Millican and all of a sudden he's beginning to pull away a little bit Mike Joy Milliken's had a little bit of trouble picking his way through the traffic he had a tense moment there with Cecil Gordon having to go way to the outside Neil Bonnet is about another two car lengths back of Milliken in third spot Here comes the leader, Darrell Waltrip, heading down into turn number one, and there's a seven-car jam session directly ahead and just about a third of a lap away that he's going to have to pick his way through. Meanwhile, Millington loses another car length as they come out of turn number two. In third position is Neil Bonnet. Fourth right now is Cale Yarborough, and fifth is Petty. They're back in three and four.
3: Open field running down the backstretch, but they're coming up on that group of cars you spoke of and should hit them down at turn number two
4: traffic. Going to be a big factor for leader Darrell Waltrip. Which way will he go? This time as he pulls up on Roger Hamby, he takes the outside groove, falls in on the rear deck lid of DK Ulrich, scoots down the backstretch, and Milliken picks up two car links as they hit some of the lapped automobiles. Waltrip
3: making way in the traffic and Milliken just follows in his wake and closes right up Waltrip is around Ulrich and headed downwards
0: turn one riding high wide and handsome into turn number one it's Daryl Waltrip with a three car length advantage over the rookie Joe Milliken Milliken negotiates his way around D.K. Ulrich and tries to chase down Waltrip and now Waltrip is right in the thick of that race traffic we talked about a couple of moments ago
3: Waltrip moving up on Jimmy Means he's got the high side blocked and Waltrip has to stand on the brakes Milliken
0: closes right up on his bumper as Waltrip fights his way by Darrell Waltrip now looks in his rearview mirror and realizes that it's shrunk the margin between first and second to less than a car length. Joe Milliken turns the wick up on the Chevrolet Monte Carlo. They ride out of turn two, and it's just three car lengths as they go to four.
3: A bit of a break as they move up on Dave Dion's car. The traffic now single-file and
0: spread out ahead of them. Neil Bonnett gets by that pack of lap traffic, but he's about six car lengths off the pace. In the meantime, as the front three cars begin to negotiate their way through traffic, having a terrible time as well as the Bush Beer Oldsmobile of Cale Yarbrough. Yarbrough trying to get around Ronnie Thomas. He runs in the fourth spot. Petty is fifth. Dale Earnhardt is in sixth position. Buddy Baker is seventh. Bobby Allison is eighth. Benny Parsons is ninth. And showing in the tenth position at the present time is Ricky Rudd.
3: Rudd is 10th, but he sits about half a lap off the pace due to the problems of
4: getting through very thick traffic in the early going. Waltrip works his way around Frank Warren back in the south end of the speedway. Milliken unable to pick up any ground on him the last few times around as all the cars, particularly the front 10, having to pick their way through traffic. Waltrip takes it right now to the inside of the racetrack. And Mike Joy, for the first 16 laps that we've completed, no handling problems up for anybody.
3: Everybody's sticking right to the bottom of the racetrack on the concrete, Barney, and that's a good omen so far.
4: Ned, the cars will work a little bit longer here today. In most of the races we've done at Martinsville, the temperatures have been in the 70s and 80s. That's made a big difference, in the tire's going away so quickly. But this afternoon, they should be able to go an exceptionally long distance without any tire problem at all. When the sun is
2: bearing down on this track or any other barn, it, it tends to make the asphalt bleed and makes it sit slick, and as a result, makes the car slide around, which, uh, of course tends to make them heat up and wear out. So the cool weather here today definitely should be an advantage as far as the tires, as well as for the drivers.
4: Well, this this race, Jackie, is shaping up to be a typical Martinsville race. We see it so many times. We come here, a couple of the cars will find the groove. They'll work just a little bit better than the other cars back in third, fourth, and fifth position. Pull away. Then all of a sudden, they'll start slowing down and fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth position will pull up there to make it a six- and seven-way battle for the lead. But right now, it is Waltrip in front. He pulls Joe Milliken by about six car lengths, and then Neil it is about 15 to 20 car lengths back of that pack and
0: we have a new 10th place runner the Ken Cole Mining Chevrolet with Butch Lindley. Oh,
4: trouble on Dick Brooks's car it looks like the wheel has come off the thing and broken a spindle on the car and jammed it up underneath the right front fender as he scoots around the corner no caution on the speedway Brooks keeps the car under control and is heading up to Mike Joy He's limping. Shower of sparks
3: coming from beneath the machine. It's running on three corners. Brooks gets it right down towards the safety apron, which is grass here at Martinsville. He's actually in the low lane, and he's almost come to a stop here between turns three and four. Still creeping around, hoping to make it to the pit road. The car's moving by without incident, and Brooks will get his car off the racetrack on three wheels.
4: Well, no caution on the speedway. Brooks kept it out on the outside lane out of traffic, and everybody keeps moving right on the round, around the track. No debris on the speedway, apparently, and Brooks is in the pits. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. He's
2: coming slowly down pit road, his crew ready to go to work on that right side. They wonder how much damage might have been done to the suspension as he brought it most of the way around the racetrack, just on the sheer metal. They've raised the hood now, but sort of shaking their head, Barney, and it looks like that it might be all for Brooks, but we'll report back in a moment.
0: We're now showing Darrell Waltrip, your leader, Joe Milliken, runs in second, Neil Bonnet is third, Cale Yarbrough fourth, Dale Earnhardt in the fifth position. Richard Petty moves into sixth, seventh spot to Buddy Baker, Bobby Allison is eighth, Benny Parsons is ninth, posting in the tenth position is Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina. Terry Labonte runs 11th, 12th spot to Butch Lindley. Ricky Rudd is 13th. 14th goes to Dave Marcus, and 15th is DK Ulrich with 24 of 500 laps concluded.
4: Waltrip, the leader. He's in the north end of the speedway and he is in heavy race traffic, Mike Joy.
3: And here goes Dale Earnhardt. He moved under Richard Petty three laps ago and this time he jumps underneath Cale Yarbrough in turn
4: three and he moves up to fourth spot. Earnhardt beginning to scramble a little bit. Remember, this short track is his cup of tea and now he closes in on Neil Bonnet as they scoot out of the number two corner. The leader continues to be Darrell Waltrip. Second place, Joe Milliken. Third is Neil Bonnet and fourth Right, whoa, it looked like Earnhardt tagged the wall in front of you, Mike Joy.
3: Looked like he just tapped it. There's a bit of a scrape there as he tried to get the car down and come into turn number three, and the right side
4: of the car is scraped up a bit, Barney. So no problems on Earnhardt's car. He did get a little piece of that wall, just scrubbed a little paint off the car. Fifth position belongs to Cale Yarborough, and sixth is Richard Petty. Darrell Waltrip continues to set the pace here at Martinsville, Virginia. Right now, he's getting around traffic with no problems. He's picked his way through some six and eight car groups that work their way out of three and four right now and he begins to pull away a little bit from Joe Milliken. About ten car lengths separate first and second with Walter for the lead. Milliken still in second and up to third position right now. Appears to be car number two and he is beginning to work his way through traffic. Neil Bonnet is back to fourth spot. Fifth is Cale Yarborough. From Martinsville Speedway this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Darrell Waltrip had about a seven car length advantage a moment ago and right now Joe Milliken chops it down to just three as he chases him out of the fourth corner here at Martinsville, Virginia this afternoon on a very overcast day. it Looks like we might get some rain any minute, but thus far we've been in good shape. It's ideal racing weather if it'll just stay like this. Milliken three car lengths behind, chases the leader down the backstretch. Waltrip heads up into turn number three and Mike Joy, he's making that car work anywhere he wants to.
3: He can run it anywhere on the racetrack, Barney, but the fastest car on the track right now looked to be Dale Earnhardt. He moved past Yarborough and Neil Bonnet without any apparent trouble on the low side and appears to be gaining ground on the leaders.
2: Barney Hall, I'm in the piss. Dick Brooks is still here. His crew's working
7: on the car. Dick, what happened? Well, evidently, we busted the ball joint, Ned. I got out and looked, but uh, somebody came up here and said we did it. Felt like about the fourth or fifth lap, but
8: uh, I think I probably pulled it out of the socket and uh, then it went ahead and broke.
2: So they are trying to get that car repaired and get him back in the race.
4: Well, Dick Brooks has had more than his share of problems this year in that Bear Finder car. As Waltrip continues to wind his way around the speedway, Milliken has now closed that gap down to one car length as they head up to Mike Joy. They're back in heavy traffic once again two cars wide at times, as now Waltrip looks
3: to move by Baxter Price and gets clear sailing, but Milliken is right on his bumper. But this, traf-
0: this traffic party is a big break for Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt is closing on Milliken and Waltrip as well as he rounds into turn one. Coming out of turn two is your one-two combination. The question mark for Earnhardt, however, is just how well is he feeling after that crash in the Coca-Cola 500? Is he well enough to go the distance today?
8: Yeah, I think so. Uh, I didn't get out of the car at Dover because I was tired or my neck was by anything. Jake told me to get out of the car," he said. "Take a rest, you know. You don't want to wear yourself out and overdo it." And so I got out and put uh, Bill Elliott in for about 80 laps, and then got back in and finished the race. And felt real good after the race, and didn't have any problems or pains or anything like that. So I'm looking forward to having a good race here right at uh, Martinsville.
0: The separation between Millick and your runner-up, and your third-place car, Earnhardt, at the present time, with 39 laps completed, is just three seconds, Barney.
4: Well, he's making up some ground. He's closed it down each time around, but he's having to pick his way through traffic and. That takes quite a physical beating on this young driver who you said a moment ago did crash at Pocono and he climbed out of the car up at Dover last weekend. He looked awfully strong up there and he told me yesterday he's certain he'll be able to go the distance here this afternoon. Leader continues to be Darrell Waltrip in the Gatorade Chevrolet. That's a new Caprice and they had hoped to bring their Monte Carlo here. We'll talk to them about that a little bit later but they're well satisfied with the performance of the Caprice in qualifying and in practice. Milliken hounds the leader up into turn number three. Dale Earnhardt following behind them by about half a straightaway. When he scraped the wall earlier, it
3: did leave some of the white paint of the cement on the right rear tire, and the car is beginning to run a bit loose down here in turn number four. The back end wants to swing out
4: on it. That fourth place position being occupied right now by Neil Bonnet. Cale Yarborough hangs on to fifth. Richard Petty is sixth, and they've been banging away on each other both Petty and Kale for the last few laps and Buddy Baker wants to move up but there's no room. Those four cars, Bobby Allison is in the thick of that back in seventh position and riding eighth right now is Benny Parsons.
3: Heavy traffic up into turn number three with Kale Yarborough and Richard Petty sitting
4: just about two feet off of Yarborough's bumper. The car bouncing a bit not too much weight on the left front of Petty's car. Dave Marcus getting almost into one of the cars Heading out of turn number two He got pinned in behind some lap traffic Couldn't get on the binders quick enough Took the outside groove and kept it out of the wall And Marcus is hoping for a strong finish here today In that Shoney's machine Leader continues to be Darrell Waltrip And again, he must work heavy traffic There's five, six cars directly ahead Jackie Root
0: one driver, as we told you, Dick Brooks, who came into the pits for repairs. He has returned to the event in the Bear Finder Chevrolet Monte Carlo, but he is several laps down. Taking a look at the way they're running with 43 laps completed, it's Daryl Waltrip out front. Joe Milliken runs in second. They are glued nose to tail now working some race traffic. It's about a four-car length separation between first and second. Then ten car lengths back in third spot is Dale Earnhardt. Neil Bonnet, who is fading quickly, now looks in his rearview mirror from his fourth position and finds Cale Yarbrough hammering on the rear deck lid. Richard Petty runs in the sixth position. Buddy Baker is seventh. Eighth is Bobby Allison. Ninth is Benny Parsons. Butch Lindley has moved to tenth position. Harry Gant is in eleventh. Twelfth goes to Terry Labonte. Dave Marcus is thirteenth. Fourteenth to Ricky Rudd. Then one lap back is Roger Hamby in the Kings Inn Daytona Special in fifteenth spot. Sixteenth goes to the Rookie of the year for 1979, that would be Ronnie Thomas. D.K. Ulrich is 17th, James Hilton is 18th, Jimmy Means is 19th, running 20th is Frank Warren, and 21st on the field is the CRC Chemical Chevrolet for Richard Childress of Winston-Salem.
4: We have completed 46 laps here at Martinsville, Virginia this afternoon. Leader continues to be Darrell Waltrip, working flawlessly in the Gatorade car this afternoon. Milliken, who's been able to close down a couple of times to within a car length. Mike Joy now falls back to about five car lengths back.
3: Well, the traffic here is worse than 5 o'clock rush hour, and Milliken has really had to pick his way through. Waltrip would open up the holes, but they close up faster than Milliken could get through them.
4: Meanwhile, Dale Earnhardt, trying to overhaul the front twosome, picks his way through turns one and two, and that car beginning to push a little bit coming out of the corner. They'll all be making adjustments, I'm sure, on the car. Ned Jarrett, when they make that first pit stop, they usually make adjustments here at Martinsville about as much as they do up at Dover.
2: Yes, they do, and it doesn't take much of an adjustment here at Barney to change the the handling characteristics, I should say, of the automobile because it is such a fine line as to being perfect and then uh, uh, being out of it almost. Dick Brooks is back in the pits. He mentioned that he'd gone back out. He's back in with that right side, jack back up. They're still doing work on that right
4: front. Well, Buddy Baker just did a number on the bumper of Richard Petty. He really gave him a hammer shot coming into turn number one, and I think it was because Petty ran up on some lap traffic, had to get on the binders. Baker running so close, he tapped him a little bit. Now he falls away, but Mike Joy, that's a good scramble back for those five cars. And it's close. They're all in line. Bobby Allison was underneath Baker for a moment on the backstretch, but
3: had to drop back again because of lap traffic.
0: That's your contest for the fourth position, retained by Neil Bonnet, the Purelator Mercury. Cale Yarborough hammers away, now looks to the inside in turn three.
3: Kale tries to get the jump underneath Neil Bonnet. There's just no room as Bonnet looks over Ronnie Thomas, trying to figure out whether to go around or underneath Thomas and lap him by.
0: In the meantime, Dale Earnhardt, who runs in the third position, is losing valuable, precious time, trying to close in on Joe Milliken as he goes to three.
3: Dale got really boxed in behind two slower cars and now moves to the outside, and he's within two
0: car lengths of Joe
3: Milliken, who is well off the lead pace set by Darrell Waltrip.
0: And, Barney, as we watch these moves through traffic, the car that is working flawlessly thus far is your leader, the Dieguard Gatorade Chevrolet with Waltrip at the controls. Waltrip seems to be able to put that car down on the inside to the high side, just slice his way through traffic without any problems whatsoever. Well, you heard
4: him say in the beginning of our broadcast this afternoon, he always runs extremely well here. He finishes good, and he said he wouldn't be surprised if he found the right handle on the car to beat the field by two laps. Now well, this is what the race fans came to see. Richard Petty and Cale Yarborough beginning to hammer a little bit on each other as they try to move up a position in front of Mike Joy.
3: Richard dives hard into turn three and almost runs over Neil Bonnet as Cale has the
4: outside heading for one heading down into turn number one, these two sparing no paint jobs on those cars. Already you can see black marks on Richard Petty's car and on Cale's cars. They've been running door-to-door for the last two or three laps as they chase Neil Bonnet down into turn number three. Some super good racing going on between two of the biggest stars in the sport. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Well, Cale Yarborough emerges in front of Richard Petty and Neil Bonnet as they come shuffling out of the number four corner and head back down into the number one turn the leader continues to be Waltrip now he's just cut a trail so to speak and gone on and left Joe Milliken right now by about 25 car lengths but moving up to put some pressure on Milliken for the number two spot is Dale Earnhardt that's going to be a good heated battle here in a moment but the battle for fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth and ninth continues to run nose to tail to you Mike Joy
3: they are with Cale Yarborough,
4: Richard Petty, Neil Bonnet, Buddy Baker, Bobby Allison and Benny Parsons all in one very tight pack They pick their way through traffic here in turn one, take an outside groove around J.D. McDuffie's Bailey excavating car, head down the backstretch and up into turn number three. Leader continues to be Waltrip as he now pulls... Joe Milliken, the rookie driver, by about two and a half seconds out of the number two corner and up the back chute, and Earnhardt trying to catch Milliken. He's had success so far to chop it down to about a car length, but that's as close as he's been able to get. They're back in turn three. Milliken running very strong, and he's able to keep the car right at the bottom of the racetrack. This
3: time, though, Earnhardt gains a car length, and they are just two car lengths apart coming out of turn four.
4: Dale Earnhardt, one of the top rookie candidates for 1979, along with Joe Milliken And Jackie, that battle's been a heated one all year, even though Earnhardt set out about, what, four or five weeks of racing. He's still right in the thick of things, and this battle will go all the way down to Ontario, California, in November for the Times 500.
0: Well, there is only one point separating Dale Earnhardt from Joe Milliken. Now, remember, Earnhardt has already snared a victory on the Winston Cup Grand National Trail, that one coming in the spring race at Bristol. And Joe Milliken has wanted nothing better than to score one on a short track as well. He was very confident all week. In fact, he thought he could put the appliance wheel car on the pole. He fell short of that mark, but he's been smiling all week, and the way he's running right now, they are beginning to close on Darrell Waltrip. Last time by, it was just two seconds of separation between Waltrip in front and Milliken in second. Earnhardt is in third position. Yarbrough, as you said, has moved to fourth. Richard Petty is fifth. Neil Bonnet is faded to the sixth spot. Seventh is Buddy Baker. Eighth position to Bobby Allison. Benny Parsons is ninth. Tenth belongs to Butch Lindley in 11th. 11th position is Dave Marcus, Terry Labounty is 12th, 13th to Harry Gant, and running 14th is Ricky Rudd in the Trucksmoor Industries Mercury. We pause now for station identification. Back here at Martinsville, Virginia, 65 laps have been completed. The leaders in front of Mike Joy.
3: And right on Joe Milliken's bumper for second spot is Dale Earnhardt. Earnhardt takes a look inside as they head down the
4: front stretch. Earnhardt chases him off into the number one corner took a look on the inside no racing room as they hit the number one turn he backs out of it, he's a half a car length back but Earnhardt gets out of control going out of turn number two and slams it into the wall it looked like the front end just took off Broke loose as he came out of the number two corner, and caution will be on the speedway for the first time this afternoon at Jackaroot. Root. What a tough break for Dale Earnhardt this early in the race.
0: A very difficult move. He walloped that wall, Barney, and it was a close call for some of the front runners as well as they came wailing out of turn two, only to find the blue and yellow white numeral number two, resting midway down the back straightaway, sandwiched out on the high side of this concrete retaining There's barrier. going to be
4: a great concern for Earnhardt also. Remember now, he broke both collarbones at Pocono, Pennsylvania, some six, seven weeks ago, and he has not fully recovered from that yet, although he says he feels like racing. The doctor said it was all right, but he
0: has walloped the wall here at Martinsville, Virginia, a hard lick out of turn number two. And you may not be going 180 or 190 miles per hour here at Martinsville, but who can reco- Who can forget how viciously Buddy Baker wall up this wall. He said it was one of the hardest licks he ever took in a Grand National race car. In fact, he jokingly refers to the fact that when he hit that wall it practically tore the sneakers off him. But Earnhardt must be all right because he has refired the car and he is bringing it onto pit road for the assistance of the Australian racing team headed by Jake Elder. Let's go to Ned Jarrett as there's many of the front runners on pit road at this time.
2: Just about everybody is in the pits, Jackie. They take advantage of this caution period to change those right side tires, fill it up with Union 76 gasoline and Joe Milliken crew is going with all four on the appliance wheel special. Dave, uh, well, I started. Yeah, they have, do have Junior Miller is getting in the car number 95 that Dave Dion started, so they have a driver change in that particular car. So they're taking advantage of this caution to make those pit stops and, of course, to make any chassis adjustments that they might need. Earnhardt has pulled his car behind the wall down pit road, and we're going to head down and talk to him right now.
3: Ned, we got to look at the right side of Dale Earnhardt's car as he came by. The right front wheel was not turning. It was just sort of skidding along and they didn't look to have any steering on that side of the car. The right front fender was pushed well up into the wheel well but it did not look as if there was any really serious damage to the car if they replaced that right front suspension Earnhardt could get back into the race.
0: Here at Martinsville Barney they utilize both the front pits and the back pits for these Winston Cup Grand National events. In the norm usually all of the front runners pit on the front but due to con- increased congestion on the short tracks two of the front running automobiles have elected to take their pits on the back pits this year and they would be Richard Petty and the STP Chevrolet and the Warner W. Hodgson Bud Moore tuned Ford Thunderbird of Bobby Allison. Earlier today I asked Crew Chief Maurice Petty, just why? He said, well, it's a little less congested back there. All of the front runners aren't ducking onto pit road. We might have just a chance at being able to do our work a little easier without as much pressure as it would be on the front stretch. So we'll see how that calculated. Gamble comes up for those two teams as this 500... 500-lap contest progresses today. We
4: are 70 laps into the Old Dominion 500 here at Martinsville, Virginia. Still under overcast skies, and as we commented earlier, if it stays this way, it is a perfect day for racing for both the competitors and the fans here at Martinsville. After this rash of pit stops, the standings have been shaken a bit, and right now, sitting on the point behind the pace car, should be a new leader, Joe Millican. Richard Petty will be the number two car. Bobby Allison is scooted up to third position. Yarborough is fourth, and in fifth position, Right now is Walter. Let's go to the pits and Ned Jarrett. We're
2: standing by Dale Earnhardt. Dale, what happened over there?
4: Either the tire blew out
2: or something broke just as I was coming off the corner. Shot right in the wall. You know, it wasn't no turning or nothing. How about you, Dale? Hitting the wall that hard. It looked like you hit it pretty hard. Are you okay? Yeah, I think so. Well, they're working on that car and making an attempt to try to get it back out there. Needless
0: to say, he's a very disgusted young man. They've dropped the green flag and Joe Milliken begins to pull his former teacher of Winston Cup Grand National Racing Richard Petty. Petty narrows the margin in front of Mike Joy to less than a car length.
3: Petty dove really hard into the third turn to close right on Milliken's
0: bumper. Bobby Allison runs third. Running in the fourth position is Cale Yarbrough. Daryl Waltrip has been relegated back to fifth spot. Sixth belongs to Neil Bonnet. Benny Parsons is in seventh. Eighth position is now being posted as Harry Gantt. Ninth to Terry Labounty, and tenth is the Ken Cole Mining Car with Butch Lindley aboard.
3: It becomes a three-car race at the north end of the speedway as Milliken leads Petty out of the fourth turn. Bobby Allison makes it a three-car race. Trouble in front of turn number four as Dick Brooks and Cecil Gordon get together and slam the wall. Brooks' car is parked up against the wall at turn number four. Gordon is able to limp away and continue
0: with right side damage. Well, that will present the second caution of the afternoon. Starter Chip Warren is displaying it to the field, and you can see the damage that has been done to the Gordon Racing Chevrolet of Cecil Gordon. He brings his car into the pits. In the meantime, let's go to Mike Joy for a condition report on Dick Brooks' machine.
3: Brooks' car has limped away, still showing the right side damage from the earlier bout that he had with the wall when, he, as he reported, a ball joint broke. This time, the left rear tire is flat on Brooks' car. He and Cecil Gordon got together. Brooks was the only one of the two to make contact with the wall. He's now sitting waiting for the traffic to move by so he can get back onto pit road. Brooks now pulls away and gets down and off the racetrack.
0: So after 66 laps of caution-free racing, the caution has been displayed for the second time on the 73rd Circuit here at Martinsville. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Back here in Martinsville, Virginia, we're about ready to get back to Green Flag Racing. Stopping into the booth quickly, viewing his first Winston Cup Grand National event is Michael Coren, who is from the University of North Carolina, and he captained the Pan-American basketball team down in Puerto Rico. Mike, your impressions of Winston Cup Grand National competition?
9: Uh, it's, it's very exciting. I'm glad I'm here. Uh, I'm sorry to see these guys go into the wall sometimes. Someone can get hurt, but it's very exciting. I'm just glad to be here.
0: A lot of people say that a basketball player needs a good set of eyes to get the right shot up to the hoop. Do you think that maybe some of these grand national drivers if they were a scant taller could do do it in the university of north carolina basketball team
9: i'm sure they can i think i'm seeing some great athletes out here it's got to be tough to come around a track like this with the speeds they're going and uh you know a lot of noise makes could break the uh, concentration of the drivers but they're doing an exceptional job and and, uh, i'm just so excited to be here and well, the, green,
0: the green flag is out once again it is Joe Milliken <clears throat> leading Richard Petty Bobby Allison is in third Cale Yarborough is fourth Waltrip is fifth Mike before you leave do you have any favorites here would you like to pick a
9: winner I uh well Benny Parsons invited me down and I'm hoping he can do something you know real well and Richard Petty I got to meet and talk to him some so I just wish him the best of luck and I don't know how you can stay with it. who's winning and all that
0: well, good luck to you and the University of North Carolina for 1979 and 1980 basketball season. What about the Olympics? Can the Americans uh, do it again?
9: I think they can. Uh, it's going to be tough, but I'm sure we can work something out.
0: Well, that was Michael Korn, who was, the pre- who was the, not the president, but also probably the chairman of the board of the Pan American basketball team, which came home victorious in those games, and the University of North Carolina basketball team
4: short track racing at Martinsville is underway again and here comes Joe Milliken, the young rookie from Radamon, North Carolina, seeking his first victory and he felt strongly that that team could put it together and win one before the year is over. He looks awfully good here right now. He leads Richard Petty by four car lengths as they head up into turn number three. Milliken's
3: driven a sharp race so far. He's not overused the brakes, taking it kind of easy taking the free ride from Darrell Waltrip in the first 50 laps up through traffic, but now it's Milliken that must make the holes in traffic as he leads this race.
4: He'll be catching Dick Brooks's car and that car continues to look battered as he's banged the wall in both ends of the speedway here right now. Brooks with that front end and a lot of sheet metal damage. They've repaired it, put him back in the competition and about to overhaul him as the leader, Joe Milliken in three.
3: But Brooks goes to the high side and it's too wide traffic. That'll allow second place Richard Petty to close up on Milliken as
4: Milliken fights his way by. Joe Milliken in heavy traffic here in the first turn. He can't afford to make a mistake because Richard Petty is there just a car length back. Petty the second place car. Third is Bobby Allison. Fourth is Cale Yarbrough. Fifth is Walter who set sail a moment ago when they dropped the green here this afternoon. Right now he's having to pick his way through traffic up in turn three. Sixth is Neil Bonnet and
3: seventh Benny Parsons. Eighth Buddy Baker and they're all on the same straightaway.
2: And Butch Lindley rolls the Ken Cole mining special down behind Pitt uh wall, and it looks like he might be out of it. We'll go check on him and see.
0: Well, Lindley would have been in the ninth position, so that'll put eight cars in the lap with the leaders. Dave Marcus is in the ninth spot. In tenth is Harry Gantt. James Hilton moving up to eleventh. In twelfth position is Ricky Rudden. Terry Labonte is thirteenth. Well, as he parks
4: that car, Butch Lindley this afternoon takes it in behind pit wall Jack, you'd never guess who was in the pit crew in that car this afternoon. David Pearson has the headset on and had the two-way communication between Butch
0: Lindley and that pit crew here this afternoon. Well, that could have been for some interesting conversations. I'm not sure if you could understand David Pearson talking on a radio. Well, that's what Butch said before the race. He said, do you think I'll be able
4: to understand him? And I said, if you can get him to slow down a little bit, you can with no problem. Richard Petty goes after the lead in turn number one. He was caught in traffic for a moment. Now he's there. Just about a half a car length separate Petty from the lead on Joe Milliken, the rookie driver, who's trying to wear out the field. Here at Martinsville in the early going, but as he looks behind in that rearview mirror, there are four cars chasing him up into turn four.
3: Petty in second spot, Bobby Allison third, Cale Yarborough fourth, and Darrell Walter fifth are all in single
4: file order, tightly packed coming out of the fourth turn. Diving back into the number one corner, right down to the bottom of the racetrack. That's the quick way around, and everybody's car, nobody's had that much handling problems here in the early going this afternoon, and it has to be the weather has been the big factor. The tires getting a good bite here at Martinsville as they've been able to thread traffic. The front five, six positions have run nose to tail all afternoon, but right now it's Joe Milliken in front. Marty,
2: I'm in the pits with Butch Lindley. He's
10: out of the car butch what went wrong then the engine started locking up the car was really running real well i was pretty pleased with it you know it kept getting hotter and hotter and i finally had to quit
11: well i know this wasn't the way you wanted your grand national debut to be
0: well you got to start somehow you know it's it's a shame we couldn't get up there with them and run with them but the car was
12: running real well you know i was happy with the performance well, there's the two-time national sportsman champion.
2: He's out of it now, but he'll look forward to his next one.
4: Well, he's having an awful lot of thoughts, Jack Aroot, about what he's going to do next year, whether he's going to try to run for rookie of the year and really cut his teeth in this business. He told me yesterday he liked grand national competition, but he just didn't know if that was the right way for him to go. Trouble on Betty Parsons' car as he slows and a plume of smoke, comes out of the machine up in turn number three. Parsons, with his hand in the air, will bring that car down to pit road. Benny Parsons continues to have bad luck here at Martinsville, Virginia. He's never won. He's finished second a number of times. And Parsons takes the M.C. Anderson car on the pit road. with 92 laps completed in the Old Dominion 500 here at Martinsville, Virginia. The leader continues to be the young rookie from Randall, North Carolina. Riding out front is Joe Milliken. Richard Petty is second, Bobby Allison is third, fourth is Cale Yarborough, and fifth is Darrell Waltrip. Let's go to the pits quickly and Ned Jarrett.
2: Well, Benny Parsons has just rolled the MC Anderson car in. Benny, what went wrong?
4: Something happened to the engine, Ned. I really don't know what. Uh,
6: It had been missing two or three, oh, I don't know, maybe a half a dozen laps prior to the last lap, and uh, I came off the second corner. The engine just died. Is that it for today? Yeah.
2: They're not going to try to repair that car. And also, Barney, I'm standing right in front of the Astrid Chevrolet number 2 that Dale Earnhardt hit the wall with a little bit earlier. And they're not going to be able to get that car repaired and get him back in the race. So it'll make a tremendous difference in the rookie points as Joe Milliken continues to run well out on the racetrack.
4: Well, Dale Earnhardt's misfortune will become uh, Joe Milliken's good luck here at Martinsville this afternoon. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Very shortly, we'll be coming up on 100 laps completed here at Martinsville and the Old Dominion 500 are working the 98th circuit of the track right now for leader Joe Milliken and as he continues to pull away from Richard Petty, he's now about five car lengths out front of Petty, who's the second place car. Bobby Allison still in third, it's Cale Yarborough fourth, and fifth is Waltrip. They're in front of Mike Joy. And this time, the traffic has not been the factor in Milliken's lead. He's just
3: handling very well, able to keep the car right down to the bottom of the racetrack here at the north end of the speedway.
4: It will be a factor here very shortly because there are three lapped cars directly ahead of Milliken this time. That might allow Richard Petty to close a little ground along with Bobby Allison as he swings on the outside up in turn three and moves outside of Baxter Price.
3: Milliken around Baxter Price without incident. Tommy Gale, the Elmo Langley car, next up, and he's a bit high in the group. Milliken will have to trail him down the front straight, and that
4: lets Petty gain a little ground. Heading back into the number one corner, four cars are directly ahead now for leader Joe Milliken. this young rookie from Miranda, North Carolina, felt like he could win a race in 1979 on the Winston Cup Tour, even before the season started. There's an awful lot of talent in that young crew because there was a lot of thought also in the beginning of the season that with J.C. Elder leaving the car that Benny Parsons drove for three or four years for L.G. DeWitt, and also Waddell Wilson leaving one of the top engine men in the business that they felt like that they would really have their problems this year. It has not materialized that way, and Ned Jarrett, I think Tex Powell, and Bobby Hudson have done one whale of a job for Milliken.
2: There is no question about it, Barney. They're really dedicated to doing a good job, knowing that They were not that well-known in the sport. They had a name to build for themselves. And then coming along with the rookie driver, too, they knew that they had their work cut out for them. But I'll tell you, they have done a tremendous job. And, you know, when it comes to race day, too, and they start making those pit stops, they're right in there with the best of them now, too, and that's very important.
4: There's so much young talent that's coming up on the circuit, and that's been the difference between the competition of running up front this year... It has been the personnel of the pit crews. They're all, so many of the teams are now equal, not only in driver ability, but all the way back from the gentleman who throws the gas in the car to the tire men to every other facet of this sport. Right now, leader is Milliken. He's 10 car lengths ahead of Richard Petty as he threads his way out of the number two corner in Ronnie Thomas' car, heading up into turn number three, and that car runs like it's on a string.
3: It is right down on the bottom of the racetrack. He's staying way down on the concrete. The car's not moving up in the speedway at all, and he's not fighting the wheel either coming out of the turn, so he's having a good drive thus far.
4: Easy handling machine for Milliken. Here he heads back into turn number one. He'll be passing this time as he gets out of the number two corner, the Reed trailer sales car of Martinsville's buddy, Errington and Richard Petty, not gaining an ounce of ground on him. And talking about gaining some ground, Richard Petty has closed on the leader, Daryl Waltrip, for the National Winston Cup driving title. He's chopped the distance down now to 83 points. That's a lot of points, but you can lose some awfully quickly. I asked Richard yesterday if he could see a little daylight in his quest for a seventh national driving title.
7: Now, you know, it's really hard to say. Darrell got off to a tremendously good start in the first leg and beat me pretty bad in the second, le- uh, first leg uh, and got a bunch of points. Ahead of me. And uh, the second leg, I beat him in the points, and right now I'm ahead of him in the, in the third leg in the points. But... Uh, the deal is that uh, you know we we figured all year long that that you know when you run in a deal like this, uh, you know the way the things go for you is just just how you're gonna end up. In other words, he got off to a good start. We had trouble to begin with. Now we're not having as much trouble, and he's starting to have trouble. So uh, if. The rest of the season goes, if we, if we can continue to do pretty good and he has trouble, then we've got a chance to win. But if we win every one of the rest of the races and he runs second, then he's going to run in the championship. So it's uh, not only how good I do, it's how good Darrell's going to wind up doing.
4: Well, Waltrip's running strong right now. He's back in fifth position. The leader continues to be Joe Milliken. Richard Petty is second. Riding third now is Bobby Allison. Fourth is Cale Yarborough. And fifth is Darrell Waltrip.
0: Baker is in sixth position. Neil Bonnet is in seventh. Dave Marcus has moved to eighth spot. Terry Labonte to ninth. James Hilton, now keep your eye on him. He's moved into the tenth spot. Ricky Rudd is eleventh. Twelfth position belongs to Harry Gant. Buddy Arrington is thirteenth, and fourteenth is the rookie for 1979, and that's Ronnie Thomas. And we're continuing to eclipse track records here, Barney. The old one at 78.355 miles per hour, held by Cale Yarbrough, has now been eclipsed by Joe Milliken. The new mark, 78.717 miles per hour.
4: There will be quick speeds all afternoon here at Martinsville, Virginia with overcast skies, extremely cool temperatures here in this autumn day at Martinsville right now. Leader and everybody here is watching the rookie driver, Joe Millican as he keeps Richard Petty at bay by some seven or eight car lengths. And the crew has done their homework on this racetrack. And Millican is making it pay off right now. Here he comes back into the number one corners. He just moved around. Harry Gant. Millican out front. Petty still trailing by six car lengths. It's Bobby Allison third. Fourth is Cale Yarbrough. And fifth is Derek And Ed, you've won the championship a couple of times in your career back in the early 60s. At this stage of the game, when you get down with six races to go like Walter has, he saw a 187-point lead evaporate to just 83 points here this week. And I guess if the team doesn't break the rhythm, that won't bother you. But that's what Petty hopes they'll do, is kind of lose their concentration, do something different than they've been doing, and make a mistake. Well, it's very easy to, to do something when you get on
2: the defense, Barney. Sometimes you're more subject to make mistakes than you were when you were everything was going your way and you were on the offense. Although he's still out front, he sees Petty creeping up on him back there, and he knows how tough Petty is. Petty has been in the battles before. Waltrip has never really had that good of a run for the championship until this year. So it's a new experience for him, and even though they've gone out to try to win every race that they enter and have done a good job at that over the years, they still got to concentrate on... Uh, finishing races particularly at this point of the season so you know there's a lot that they have to take into consideration
4: well here the fans have jumped to their feet because right now it's door to door between Darrell Waltrip and Cale Yarborough they tagged each other a little bit coming out of the number two corner and now Cale's chopped him off in front of you the last time around Mike John has moved Waltrip back behind
3: Kale used DK Ulrich to form the box around Waltrip. Waltrip had the inside and was right up alongside Kale. No move this time. As he holds his line, they're running single file again.
4: Well, as they chase each other for third, fourth, and fifth, leader continues to be Milliken, and that car just sticks right at the bottom of the racetrack like a Sunday afternoon drive on a superhighway somewhere. He works his way out of turn number two and down the back chute, and again, traffic will be a factor for the leader. They're single file in front of
3: Milliken. He's not fighting the wheel at all either, Barney. Richard Petty right behind him is really having to saw at the steering wheel to keep up and maintain the separation.
4: Leader again in traffic here in turn number one on the bumper of James Hilton. The Hilton's having a fine run here. He always likes this racetrack and he puts out extra effort here. And Jackaroot, remember back in the spring when the scoring. There was a little mix-up at scoring, and all of a sudden, Hilton surface right up in the top three.
0: Well, remember last week he told us he was going to try and drop the hammer for just how long as it would go and try and run up front in the Old Dominion 500. It's very near to where he now calls home or works out of, and that would be Roanoke, Virginia. And we've got problems on the Race Hill Farm Chevrolet. Harry Gantt, one of the rookie contenders, showing an awful lot of smoke coming out of the right side headers, and it looks as if it may be Toot fini for the Race Hill Farm's entry. He presents it on pit road. That would make, if he does drop out of the race bar, Seven cars out of the event with 117 laps completed. Out already are Frank Warren, Bill Holler, Dale Earnhardt, Cecil Gordon, Butch Lindley, Benny Parsons, and now problems befalling Harry Gant of Taylorsville, North Carolina. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company.
4: Well, in Martinsville, Virginia, the leader continues to be Joe Milliken. Richard Petty rides second, it's Bobby Allison third, Cale Yarborough still fourth, and in fifth position is Darrell Waltrip, and sixth right now is Buddy Baker. Let's go to the pits and Ned Jarrett.
5: We're on our way up to
2: Harry Gant's pits, uh, Barney. They're working on that car. Harry is still sitting in it. They're trying to see if they can find out what's wrong, with all that smoke, we wonder if they are going to be able to do it, but we'll be through it in just a moment and be back with you.
4: Right now, the leader, Milliken, heads up into turn number three. Richard Petty looks like he has the power to get around him, Mike Joy, because he chopped off six car lengths and pulled up on him a moment ago. Milliken's lead is evaporated. Petty now is right on his bumper, Barney. Heading back into turn number one, Richard Petty. This youngster who worked in the shop for the Petty some years ago, and Richard watched him grow up from a teenager into one of the top drivers on the circuit. Petty trails him up into turn number three, still one car length back.
2: Barney, I'm now with Harry Gant and they're working on the car. Harry, what's
12: wrong?
4: Well, we've got an oil leak, I think a line or something, or maybe a sealant transmission
12: blow. They're going to try
4: to fix it.
2: Okay, so Gann is staying in the car while they work on it, hoping that they will be able to get it ready very shortly.
4: Harry Gant, who looks good every racetrack he goes to, but mechanical problems have sidelined him so many events this year, but he has the driving talent to get the job done if they can just make the equipment hold up for the day. Right now, leader continues to be Joe Millican, one car length ahead of Richard Petty, who rides second. Third is Bobby Allison. Fourth is Cale Yarbrough. Fifth is Waltrip. Those front five, less than a car length apart. Then about two car lengths back comes Buddy Baker in sixth spot, as Baker looks like there's a little damage on the right front of that car, Jack
0: Aroot. Showing some right front damage, the bumper angled a different tilt than normally as they go to turn three and four. He has narrowed it down to make it a six-car session for the lead in front of Mike Joy. Baker has closed it right up. Looks like he did bend the bumper in the right side sheet metal just a bit. Joe Millican continues to lead. Richard Petty. Bobby Allison, who's running very strong in the third position in the Warner Hodgden entry, the National Engineering Mount from the Bud Moore Thunderbird Stable. He has been a terror on the short tracks in 1979. Already winning at Wilkesboro and he's beginning to show a renewed enthusiasm for competition as he's gone to the Bud Moore Stable this year and last year. Things are looking very good for Bobby Allison. In fact, he was looking for his first ever Grand National Driving title until some problems midway through the season forced him to take a back seat and let Richard Petty surpass him, and now Petty tries to chase down Darrell Walter for the 1979 title. Good
4: strong run for Bobby Allison everywhere they've been this year. That combination between himself and Bud Moore has been one of the best in racing. It's almost reminiscent of David Pearson and the Wood Brothers, the communication they had there for so many years, and Bobby, of course, who has built and maintained his own cars for a number of years. He's driven for the best in the business including himself for a number of years. We'll tell you a little bit later this afternoon exactly how many teams
0: Allison has been with in his fabulous career. And he's had some good times and such very, very bad times as well. But throughout it all, Bobby Allison, you have always remained consistent. You never seem to change in terms of personality.
11: Well, I think, first of all, racing's been very good to me on the overall picture. You know, I have had, you know, lots of down times, uh, but I've had lots of good times too, you know. Uh, We were talking the other day, and I uh, went to Alabama from my home in Miami 20 years ago, and I uh, just ran into a bunch of friends and a bunch of nice racetracks and good people and good purses to run for. And, you know, uh, it started me on a what I say is probably one of the most uh, enjoyable careers anybody's ever had in sports and uh, especially in racing. And, um, you know, when, when the bad times come and, you know, I hope they don't and I wish they didn't and all that. But uh, when they come, uh, you know, I've learned over the long haul it's part of racing.
0: Bobby Allison presently in the third position. Cale Yarbrough is fourth, and now Yarbrough has to contend with a hard-charging Daryl Waltrip. Waltrip wants nothing of that fifth position and wants to move to the front in front of Mike Joy.
3: This is the kind of race where you almost don't dare move on a line to make a move because the car behind you will take your spot away, and that's why they're running single file these last 20 or so laps.
4: Those front five cars look exceptionally strong. Make that the front six because Buddy Baker is just a car length off that pack as they head out of turn number two and as you mentioned Jackie Root, Darrell Waltrip's getting a little impatient. He's been tapping on the bumper of Cale Yarbrough here in turn two for the last two or three times around just kind of nudging him out of that corner and he goes after him again up in front of Mike Joy Waltrip has a look on the outside but out of turn
3: four Cale quickly comes up to the wall now Waltrip dives inside
4: to get around here in the caliber of competition that's running in that front five. You're going to do it in the inside groove. No way you can pass on the outside unless you catch a car behind one of the lapped automobiles. Field is back in turn three. Waltrip has another look as they move by Dick May's automobile. He's running about half a groove higher
3: than Cale Yarborough, but coming off that fourth turn the track narrows so sharply there's no room to stay on the outside.
4: What a good run for Joe Millican here this afternoon. Very impressive run as Richard Petty has applied the pressure to him. Richard can't do anything with him. He was there a moment ago about a car link back on the bumper. Tried to look underneath him up in three and four. The same thing here in one and two. No way to get around. So apparently Richard's just going to be content to ride where he is for the moment. He trails him out of the number four corner and again traffic will come into play for the front five. They'll be running up on Jimmy Means and Buddy Arrington and Ricky Rudd's car. Just one half car length. Separate first and second from the rookie driver, Joe Milliken and Richard Petty. It's Bobby Allison still riding third. Fourth is Cale Yarborough fifth right now is Waltrip and six is Buddy Baker. They're back in three and four.
3: It's like a snake that uncoils itself down the straightaway then they all tighten up in the turns, save for Baker who's not getting into the turns quite as well as the other five drivers.
0: Barney you may be looking at overcast skies but you can be sure that maybe humming a tune inside the appliance wheel Chevrolet blue skies happy I am would have to be Joe Milliken because he is just running flawlessly and he'd like to repeat the rookie victory held by Dale Earnhardt. You know all year ever since Dale Earnhardt won at Bristol they've kept asking joe Milliken, when are you going to win and today could just be the day for the appliance wheels efforts from martinsville speedway this is the mrn broadcasting company
4: here at Martinsville Speedway, the rookies continue to look awfully good here this afternoon. Leader right now, Joe Millican of Random North Carolina, pulls Richard Petty by now two car lengths as they wind their way around this track here at Martinsville, Virginia. Petty, the second place machine. Bobby Allison has fallen back to about five, six car lengths behind the leader in third. Fourth continues to be Cale Yarborough and really trying to take that fourth spot away is Darrell Walter. He just hasn't found any place on the racetrack he can get it done, but you can bet he's been getting Cale's attention all afternoon here in the south end of the track and Mike Joy has been doing the same thing in front of you. True enough Barney but everybody is handling so
3: well on the bottom of the racetrack there's no way to get underneath another car and there's just as you said not enough
4: room on the outside to make a move. Here's Milliken back into turn number one as he works his way around Cecil Gordon's car now. Back in the competition is Harry Gadd of Taylorsville, North Carolina. Whatever was wrong with that machine, they've made the repairs, put him back out there. Whoa, Cecil Gordon is out of control, slams all the way down into the grass up in turn number three and is in front of Mike Joy. He
3: lost control of the car coming into turn number three, took a long slide and just missed taking off the nose of the GMC safety truck parked at turn three. He slid onto the infield apron, which is about 12 or 15 feet wide at that point on the racetrack, slammed hard into the infield concrete retaining wall, sending some of the spectators up against the fence scattering. Then the car bounced off and has now come to rest sort of straddling the curbing right at the apex of turn number three. Cecil is spinning the rear tires, but in this wet grass just can't get any traction and won't be able to bring the car back onto the speedway without the aid of the wrecker.
4: It was difficult to tell what happened on Cecil's car. He was dropping down to the inside in race traffic and all of a sudden the front end looked like it just washed out on the front end of the car and he set sail, hit that infield retaining piece of concrete, took off in the air and as Mike Joy described almost went back onto the racing surface. That is the second caution flag he has been involved in here this afternoon. He and Dick Brooks getting together up in turn number three in front of Mike Joy just a bit earlier on lap number 73 to bring out not caution. This is the third one of the day and it comes out on lap 142.
0: And all of the front runners have brought their cars into pit road for service. Ned Jarrett, it was about pretty good time for these leaders to come in and check for tire wear and maybe add some fuel.
2: Not too bad at all, Jackie. They would uh, welcome this opportunity to come in because they had been running for quite some time under the green and another very alert pit crew, the Appliance Wheels crew of Joe Millican, they changed all four tires on the car that time as he was in, and so did Buddy Baker, so they're set to go a long, long way, where some of the other front-running cars now are coming back into the pits, including Cale Yarber and the Bush O's Mobile, and Ricky Rudd and the Trucksmore uh, Ford, and the Later Mercury of Neil Bonnet to change those left-side tires. So now uh, Petty is back out on the track after changing four tires also. Waltrip chose only to change the right-side tires on his car. He should be the leader now.
0: But, Barney, as we keep the people abreast, too, of the weather conditions here, it has lightened up considerably. There still are no blue skies here, but it's overcast, but it's trying to poke its way through. Old Mother Nature trying to show the sun here in the south end of the speedway, and this could raise the temperatures just a little bit because outside it is getting a little bit cold.
4: Well, that's been the difference here in those record speeds we had had until the caution start suddenly started dropping right and left. The fans have been treated to all kinds of action here this afternoon. This is the third caution flag of the day, and as Ned Jarrett pointed out, Joe Milliken ducked in, took on four tires, as did some of the other top racing teams. But the leader right now is Darrell Waltrip, and Ned, you said he only t- takes on a couple of tires and dumps in the fuel.
2: Yes, he did, and of course that put him back out in front, uh, right on his back bumper. Will be Joe Milliken, and as we see Milliken's car go around the track, the left front fender of that car is really crumpled in so somewhere in the battle out there even though he's been running you the first or second all afternoon he has come counter with somebody and most likely one of the lap cars maybe slipped up in front of him but that left front fender is crunched in pretty good but no damage as far as the running parts of the car is concerned
0: Back at Martinsville, Virginia, 146 laps have been completed. We are working the third caution of the afternoon, which came out on the 142nd circuit when Cecil Gordon went for a wild ride in turn three. Before we broke for commercial, we were telling you about the damage that was showing now on Joe Millican's car. For an update report on how that damage took place, let's go to Mike Joy.
3: Well, Joe Millican was coming around to lap Cecil Gordon. It looked like the two of them made contact. Milliken's left front of... His appliance wheels Chevrolet slamming into the back of Cecil Gordon's car as Cecil tried to cut down and out of the racing groove. Cecil's problems are far from over. As they tried to pull his car up over the concrete curbing, a big piece of that curbing became lodged underneath the race car. And, in fact, as they brought the car around pit road, there's a piece of that curb about six inches wide and two feet long that was bound up underneath Cecil's car. So whether that caused any more damage or not, we don't know. Cecil is right now making his way down to his pit at the far end of the main straightaway, Uh, and we'll go back out on the racetrack with a flat tire and numerous other problems.
2: And Mike Joy, as he came down, he's pitting on the backstretch, but he came down the front pits here, and as he went by Milliken's pits, he was shaking his fist as he went by there.
0: From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Under green again at Martinsville
4: Speedway in the Old Dominion 500. Working the 149th lap of the leader now is Darrell Waltrip in the Gatorade car, and he looks strong as they drop that green.
3: Challenge for second in turn three, and Bobby Allison gets a fenderful of Joe Milliken. Allison tried to jump underneath Milliken and just ran out of
4: racing room. Heading back into the number one corner, Waltrip now leads by 12 car lengths as they scoot into the number one corner. Milliken rides second, Bobby Allison is third, fourth is Buddy Baker, fifth is Cale Yarborough, sixth is Neil Bonnet, and Richard Petty made a late pit stop and is going to have to pick his way all the way from the tail end of the field back toward the front and Petty gets a piece of Junior Miller's car as they come out of turn number two. Leader out of four heading back into one. It's still Waltrip in front. Bobby Allison is now up in second spot. Milliken has fallen back to third and Bobby Allison begins to scramble a little bit in the Hodgson T-Bird. Here's Buddy Baker trying to get around Milliken and that car not working as well as before that pit stop. Back to Mike Joy. Buddy Baker tries to look underneath Milliken, but Milliken is
3: able to hold him off. Bobby Allison just drove underneath Milliken again down to the third turn to take second spot away.
0: As Darrell Waltrip turns the heat out of the Die Guard Gatorade Chevrolet, doing likewise from second position is Bobby Allison. Allison getting to buy Millican and now has lengthened his separation over Milliken to four car lengths. Buddy Baker tries a similar move around an ailing Joe Milliken in turn three. Again, it doesn't work for Baker. Allison had plenty of power and was able to get
3: under Milliken and stay underneath him all the way down the straightaway.
0: So it shows. Daryl Waltrip, your leader, with 153 laps completed. Bobby Allison is moved into second. Joe Milliken dropped back to third. Buddy Baker is fourth. Cale Yarbrough is fifth. And Neil Bonnet is being shown in the sixth position as they do the shoot and scoot into one. This time, Baker has the move underneath Joe Milliken into turn
3: number three. He has the room, and now he has third place. Milliken stuck to the outside as
4: Yarborough sneaks underneath for fourth, and here comes Neil Bonnet. Good scramble back in the pack. Neil Bottett trying to get underneath Milliken, and that car has suddenly lost a handle, not working nearly as well as it did before that little tap a moment ago between Cecil Gordon and Joe Milliken. Leader heads back into turn number three. There's traffic dead ahead. But Waltrip has about six car lengths advantage on Bobby Allison, and it's another six or seven lengths. Back to third place Buddy Baker and Cale Yarbrough in fourth. Whatever they did to the Waltrip car a moment ago, Ned Jarrett, he has really cut a trail through the field right now. He's the quickest thing on the racetrack.
2: Unless it is Bobby Allison. Allison is really really getting off of that second turn and off of the fourth turn, which is very important on a track of this sort. So you better keep your eyes out for him because he is gaining on Waltrip right now.
4: Bobby Allison, about 12 car lengths back of the leader, Darrell Waltrip and that Gatorade Chevrolet heading back into turn number one. Here's Dick Brooks directly ahead. He'll move around him. Allison will have to negotiate around car number 64 the Sonny King Ford of Tommy Gale here this afternoon. He does it out of turn number two and Allison may be gaining a little ground on the leader, Waltrip in three. Allison certainly does have the power in the Budmore T-Bird, and he's keeping his car a bit closer
3: down to the apron than is Darrell Waltrip.
4: Leader back in turn number one. Allison continues to close. He's chopped off about a car length each time around. Gatorade out front. Darrell Waltrip showing the way here this afternoon, trying to get things going again for that team in his quest for his first national driving title in the Winston Cup points chase. He's up in turn number three, and Bobby Allison continues to close. Mike Joy. Allison still running strong. Buddy Baker manhandling the car. He's
3: a bit loose, but he continues to gain some ground in third spot.
0: And presenting his car on pit road is Joe Milliken. He has a rub on the fender where the car was bashed in and he goes down to the assistance of the appliance wheels entry.
2: An unscheduled pit stop for Joe Milliken. A tough break for him. They go to the right side of that car, changing the tires. Of course, they just changed the right side not too long ago when they were in during the caution period. So Milliken now spending some very valuable time in the pits. He's down off the Jackson already
0: away. A good stop for Joe Milliken, but when you dream to make a victory in Winston Cup Grand National Competition, unscheduled pit stops are not part of that dream, and this will be costly for the rookie from Randleman, North Carolina. Milliken back up to speed in the meantime. Darrell Waltrip looks in his rearview mirror and finds Dick Brooks sandwiched between himself and a hard closing. Bobby Allison in second position. They're in the south end of the speedway, turns one and two, concluded for The Gatorade Chevrolet, he brings Dolly Parton out high, wide, and handsome, and goes down the back stretch in front of Mike Joy.
3: Baker was closing on Bobby Allison. Allison remains about 12 car lengths behind the leader. Cale Yarborough in fourth space right on Baker's bumper. And Neil Bonnet beginning to close just a bit, tightening things up with his Pure Later Mercury.
0: Darrell Waltrip, who leads this event, also leads in the Winston Cup Grand National Point Standings, Barney Hall, but closing quickly is Richard Petty. And I wonder, Darrell, if with the Petty's gaining, does that begin to shake you and the Die Guard Gatorade Racing team up just a bit?
13: Grand and, of course, Richard's running super. And the thing that's really hurt us is that he won... Uh, two races that have been really critical as far as we were concerned is the Michigan race, where we blew up on a very early opening laps and got uh, had a poor finish, and Richard went on and won the race. And in the Dover, we cut a tire down hit the wall and tore the car all the pieces, and we we're, were way down, and Richard uh, won the race. So those have been two really big uh, swings right there in his favor that have really tightened the thing up. We... Uh, you know we're just trying to do exactly what we've done all summer long we're, we're trying to win the races we're trying to uh, finish as well as we possibly can and you know it's not bothering me so much as it's uh, it's just an issue right now richard's gaining of course richard's reputation and the petty reputation that makes it uh, a little bit more uh, interesting for the fans and the riders, and we're not doing anything different. We've just had a couple of bad breaks, and uh, we're not really worried. Until we get behind, we're not going to worry.
0: Barney, the separation between Waltrip and Allison, who is in the runner-up position, is 1 and 6 tenths seconds with 164 laps in the books. Three caution
4: flags thus far here at Martinsville this afternoon, and some of the top contenders have had problems, but right now it's Darrell Waltrip showing the way as he heads back into turn number one, looking awfully strong after that last pit stop for the team. Remember now, he just took on a couple of tires, didn't change all four all the way around as many of the competitors did.
2: And Barney, that might be working to his advantage now because it looks like that he has pulled away a little bit from Bobby Allison since we were talking earlier about it. Allison did have on all four fresh tires, which helped him then, but right now Buddy Baker has moved back on his bumper, so Waltrip now, with uh, the tires seated in very well, that uh, just change in the right side could be working to his advantage.
0: Cale Yarborough is in the fourth position, Neil Bonnet fifth, Richard Petty in sixth spot. Those cars all on the lap with the leader, Daryl Waltrip. One lap back in seventh spot is Ricky Rudd. In eighth is Joe Milliken Ninth belongs to Dave Marcus. In tenth is James Hilton. And showing in 11th position is the rookie Terry Labonte in the stratigraph Chevrolet.
4: Heading back into the number one corner, Waltrip continues to set the pace here at Martinsville, Virginia. One thing about this young driver from Franklin, Tennessee, if there's any way to put the car in front, he will not stroke a race car. And at this stage in the game, you would almost... I guess Ned, it would be a tendency in the back of a lot of drivers' minds to start thinking about that national driving title. Pace yourself a little bit, conserve your equipment. Not so with Waltrip. Not so at
2: all, Barney, as he's uh, indicating out there by pulling away from the uh, field. He'd like to get a lap advantage if he possibly could, because he knows that that's going to be tough to do. But he's not backing off—not for a moment.
4: Waltrip, the leader here at Martinsville this afternoon, we're working 168 laps in the Old Dominion 500, one of the nation's most beautiful speedways here today, and a good crowd on hand under overcast skies, this morning it's raining about 9 o'clock, despite the fact the showers were falling, the crowd continue to pour in because they like to watch them race here at Martinsville. Bobby Allison feeling a little heat from Buddy Baker right now up in turn three. Strong battle as Baker tried to get underneath. Cale Yarborough. comes slamming down into turn three,
3: and Yarborough is right underneath and alongside Baker as they fight for the third spot out of turn four. Three
4: of the best in the business go at it here at Martinsville. Allison riding up there in that number three position, number two position, heads out of the number two position right now, and I'll get it right in a minute because I'm getting excited here. Baker cutting in and out of traffic, and he has to watch Cale Yarborough. Yarborough gets the jump on him in three and Yarbrough has the room. Baker has not been handling well through the middle of the turn. Kale comes
3: underneath it alongside, and here's Neil Bonnet on the outside of Yarborough, trying to put him back a spot.
4: Bonnet makes it four cars in the shuffle as they get back in turn number one, and Bobby Allison looks in his mirror, sees all the dicing going on back there between Buddy Baker, Cale Yarborough, and Neil Bonnet, and Baker just latches onto the bumper, doesn't give him any running room. For Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Here at Martinsville Speedway, leader continues to be the Gatorade car of Darrell Waltrip, a Caprice Chevrolet that they were not too pleased to bring here. They'd hoped to bring the Monte Carlo, but it's getting the job done this afternoon. Around rookie driver, the Stratograph car, Terry Labotti here in turn number one. And Waltrip is walking away right now. He's pulled away from Bobby Allison by almost a straightaway as he heads back into turn three. It is almost the length of the straightaways. He works double file
3: traffic, and Baker has another look underneath Bobby Allison. That battle from second on back is a hot one.
0: Four cars in it right now, and trying to close from sixth position. It's now four seconds separating Richard Petty and the STP Chevrolet in sixth to Kale Yarborough and the Bush Beer Oldsmobile, who runs in fifth. As Petty goes into the north end of the Speedway, coming out of the north uh, of the south end, and coming out of it were the second, third, fourth, and fifth place machines. So Petty is beginning to close from sixth spot.
3: Here goes Neil Bonnet diving underneath Baker out of turn number four. He had the room and they trade a
4: little bit of Fender Sheet Metal coming down the straightaway. Bonnet doesn't crack the throttle getting into the number one corner but there's lap traffic ahead. Tommy Gale is down to the inside groove and he gets out of shape for a moment. Bonnet almost spun it out trying to get around Tommy Gale here in turn number two. They're back in three. Hot and
3: heavy now around Tommy Gale is Neil Bonnet, Kale Yarborough right on his bumper. They dropped back about four car lengths from Baker and Cale almost had a shot to overhaul Neil Bonnet.
0: So as second through fifth continue to work race traffic, what about it Buddy Baker? Running traffic here is like walking through a minefield.
11: Well that's true and uh, it is pretty narrow and there's really one groove in going into the corners and that's down low you, and when you start moving up on this racetrack it's on pavement that had not been raced on so uh it's pretty pretty tight right at first you really have to watch yourself
0: separation between your leader daryl waltrip and second place bobby allison is lengthened now to four and seven seconds with 180 laps about to go into the record books barney
4: So Waltrip, who has found the combination on that machine here this afternoon, threads his way through traffic, by far the best handling car on the speedway right now, and Ned Jarrett may have hit it on the head a moment ago. Waltrip took on two tires, and with the temperatures like they are, Ned, the tires need to be as warm as possible to make them work here.
2: Yes, they do, and of course, uh, after the green flag fell, that helps them to heat them up to the temperatures that they... Uh, like for them to run Barney you're talking about now his car is handling beautiful there's no question about it one of the fastest cars in practice here on Friday before time trials and also on Thursday was Richard Petty in the SDP Chevrolet you mentioned that after this last caution that he made a late pit stop came out way back in the field he is ganging uh, it looks like about a half a second a lap on Cale Yarbrough and that other group running in there for second, third, fourth, and fifth. He might be the fastest car on the racetrack right now.
0: Indeed, he is gaining, Barney and Ned, because last time by, we told you he was some four seconds back. This last circuit, he was three and one tenth seconds behind Cale Yarbrough, who is posted in fifth position. Well, they are awfully happy about the
4: Chevrolet of the Petty Stable. In the last few races, they feel like... They went to a new car last year after years in the Chrysler products, and they knew it would take some time to get it all together, but Dale Inman told me here this weekend that they feel like right now they're as tough as anybody on any racetrack with the Chevrolet, and they're proving it today as they did at Dover Downs last weekend when he won up there. Ned,
0: Ned, we've talked about the fact that tires could be a question here, keeping heat and adhesion, therefore, in these tires. Do you think we may begin to see what we have in some other races, some of the backmarkers running new tires for these front-running teams to warm them up, get the scuffed in and then put them on late in the race? Could very well happen, Jackie, but I think that most of them uh, broke in enough tires or run
2: in enough tires. What they like to do on a track like this is to run them four, five, six, or eight laps in practice and uh, get the heat up and then let them cool off. And They seem to work better after that. Then they don't have to worry about blister or getting the heat up and it staying in there. And Most of them have done this, so they should be in pretty good shape, but if they should run low, which should have a lot of cautions or something and they have to use up more tires than They anticipated, yes, we could see that.
0: There could be some problems developing on the Purolator Mercury, some mysterious smoke being shown in various portions of the racetrack, and a smell beginning to emanate from the bowl here in Martinsville, Virginia, that could spell rear-end problems on the Purolator Mercury that at the present time is being posted in the fourth position. What about in front of you, Mike Joy? Any smoke from Neil Bonnet's car? Nothing this time around, Jackie. We'll keep an eye on it, though.
4: Leader continues to be Darrell Waltrip as he just pulls away from the field and heads up the back shoot into turn number one Bobby Allison rides second as Buddy Baker and third, fourth is Neil Bonnet fifth is
0: Cale Yarborough. Sixth is Richard Petty, then one lap back is Joe Milliken, who's moved into seventh. Ricky Rudd has been relegated back to eighth position, then two laps off the pace is the Shoney's Restaurant Hudson Chevrolet for Dave Marcus. The Palatine Automotive Chevrolet Monte Carlo for James Hilton is in tenth position. Terry Labonte is posted in eleventh, twelfth to J.D. McDuffie, and Buddy Arrington in the Reed Trailer Sales Dodge is being shown in the thirteenth position with 188 laps completed. Well, Ricky Rudd is making a good run here this afternoon, and they have switched
4: over to a new Ford Thunderbird in a couple of the races. The Juni Don Levy crew, of course, Dick Brooks, who had had the ride for some three years, elected to go with the Bear Finder team this year. A slow start for that team. We had a chance to talk a little bit with Ricky Rudd, and I asked him if going with a new team they learning him and vice versa was one of the reasons that they had had a problem early in the season
10: well yeah you know a lot of it uh we could get the car set up and we'd qualify pretty well and we'd get into the race and uh then we after we got into the race the cars start acting up you know uh i guess maybe it's just a difference in the driving style of brooks and myself and use it only way we could tell it uh it didn't really show it up in practice but it would show it up later in the race and the car, uh, I think I like to drive a car maybe a little bit tighter than Brooks did. And uh, so now, ever since we've run the track, once, you know, we know what to come back with next time. So we're just trying to get the car set up a little different, uh, a little tighter for myself. And, uh, and we've been able to do that, and we've been able to run a little better the second half of the season.
4: He is one of the dedicated young breed to come along on the Winston Cup Tour in the last few years, and he is determined to make it in this business as a superstar, regardless of what it takes. He elected to go with the Junie Don Levy crew and the Tru- Trucksmore team this year, and they're beginning to get it together in the final races of the season in 1979. Leader is Waltrip. Looks awfully strong here at Martinsville this afternoon as he takes it around in turn number three. Has a little better than a straightaway right now
0: on second place Bobby Allison. And there continues to be a slugfest for that second position retained by Allison, but that running back and forth for second, third, fourth, and fifth, and sixth respectively has lengthened the margin of advantage for your leader Waltrip to seven and two tenths seconds with 192 laps completed. Waltrip midway down the stretch. Second-place runner Bobby Allison exits turn two. It's Waltrip in front of Mike Joy. And he continues to open up that advantage,
3: able to run the car still on the bottom of the racetrack. Meanwhile, Richard Petty has almost caught Cale Yarbrough, who's on the end of that string. It'll now be second back through sixth position. He'll be hammering it out here
0: for second place. Bobby Allison comes across the stripe no advantage over Allison in his third place counterpart Buddy Baker Baker continues to saw away at the wheel in the Win Incorporated Chevrolet Monte Carlo Baker has had an off and on season as well Barney Hall and he would like nothing better than maybe score a victory on a short track you know for so long he talked about the fact that he was not happy running short track races but now it seems as if maybe things have changed a little bit are you still uneasy about running the short tracks Buddy
11: well you know uh, in the spring race up here I had a very good a chance of winning the race and i did run second uh, i enjoy martinsville it's my idea of a perfect short track and and like you say a l- little more experience on the shorter tracks i get where i really enjoy them as much as i do the major speedways now it's uh tighter quarters but if you got your car set just right it's it's a very enjoyable to race with people the way we do here at martinsville
4: Baker right now trailing Bobby Allison up into turn number three, and nobody seems to be able to make a move back in that second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth place battle. But Richard Petty wants to get around Cale Yarborough. He takes a peek down on the inside out of turn number four, trails him down into one, and Petty trying to sneak underneath Cale Yarborough here in the south end of the speedway. He gets a fender up there. Let's see if he can hang him down to back shoot. Can't do it. Yarborough shuts the door on him as they head to Mike Joy. Moving underneath, Richard
3: Childress will hold the low lane, and everybody comes in single file. Looking to the outside, Petty again goes right
4: to the bottom of the racetrack. He's underneath Cale, but will
3: have to swing back up in the groove to lap traffic.
4: Ned Jarrett and Jackie Root pointed out a moment ago that Petty was the quickest car on the speedway. He and Waltrip seem to have the best combination right now, and he's tired of running on the bumper of Cale Yarborough. And, he's Barney, a- one thing that
2: Petty and Waltrip both have had going for themselves is the fact that they were running basically by themselves. Now Petty has caught up to that bunch. It's going to be a little bit tougher for him to gain on Waltrip, as he was doing now, and as we see in a lot of cases on other speedways, especially in a long race of this sort, the drivers, if they see another one come up that's running better than he is, they'll give him the courtesy of moving by, but not here at Martinsville, and the reason is Bobby Allison is no fool sitting there in second place. He knows what he's doing to that bunch behind him when they have to run in there and use up their brakes, as we see Neil Bonney trying to pass Buddy Baker, but he didn't make it that time either, but they're really using up their brakes on those cars and he figures well I won't have to contend with him a little bit later if I can keep him back there and every one of them is figuring the same thing make them use up as much of that automobile as they can as early in this race I won't have to contend with them later so let's throw the Curtises out the
6: window.
0: Well Neil Bonnet has been accused time and time again of being awfully hard on brakes especially here at Martinsville.
6: Uh, I've been working on this ever since I've been here. I, every time i been here before I've had a problem with brakes. Uh, I, I always try to run the car too hard and uh, I, I haven't even ran a, a Hard lap of practice yet, you know, everybody's clocking time, see how fast everybody's gonna go. I haven't ran that hard lap yet. I'm trying to get the brakes cured in, I'm trying to get myself situated. Uh this place here you can overdo it ten laps and you pay for it for one hundred and fifty laps trying to get some brakes back on the race car. So uh this thing here is the type thing you, you don't necessarily have an outer appearance that you hurt the car, that you bent a fender up or you banged up something on the car. You can hurt the car brake wise, engine wise, or get the rear end too hot or something, and then you have to slow down to compensate for it. So uh, there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that goes on here people don't realize we you're running slow or hard at particular times of the race. Yeah.
0: From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. 206 laps have just been completed by your leader, Darrell Waltrip, but the crowd comes to its feet for the battle for fifth position. Richard Petty on the inside of the Bush Beer Oldsmobile of Cale Yarbrough rim rides out of turn two and tries to challenge.
3: They've traded a bit of paint last time by up at the north end of the speedway. This time, traffic is heavy. They lap by D.K. Ulrich, Baxter Price, and Bobby Allison opens up some separation in second spot on Baker,
0: Bonnet, Yarbrough, and Petty. Richard Petty has to think better of it, working some race traffic at the present time, and this has been a break for Darrell Waltrip, as we've said. He's got about a half-lap advantage over Bobby Allison, who runs in the runner-up position. Then five-car lengths back is the win Incorporated Chevrolet for Buddy Baker in third spot. Neil Bonnet is in the fourth position, Cale Jabro in fifth, and we told you earlier that there were some reports that Neil Bonnet may have a problem on the car. Let's go to Ned Jarrett.
2: I'm standing by with Leonard Wood. Leonard, we had a report on the NASCAR radio that maybe there's some smoke coming from your car. Have you det- anything
3: uh, just a little bit of smoke coming out of money i haven't really figured out what it is yet nothing
2: that you're concerned with
14: uh it could be the rear end
2: do you think that he's using up too many brakes running right in
14: that pack there no i don't think so it uh if it's smoking it would be the rear end Okay, that's the report from Leonard Wood.
0: Well, that's the story. We could have potential rear-end problems on the car that is running in the present time in fourth position. In the meantime, in front of you, Mike, Richard Petty tries again for fifth. Petty had the room underneath
3: Cale Yarrow and is on the bottom of the racetrack, but Cale is coming off the turn a bit better and holds Richard Petty back.
0: It's still Petty in sixth. In fifth is Yarborough. Bonnet in the fifth. In the fourth spot, you heard we could have some problems on the Purelator Mercury. Leonard Wood telling us maybe a rear end going awry on that machine. In third spot is Buddy Baker. Runner-up belongs to Bobby Allison. And then all the way down the opposite end of the Speedway is your leader, Daryl Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee, trying for his first ever Winston Cup Grand National National Driving Championship in the Winston Cup. Just five races remaining on this circuit for over $5 million in 1979. Thus far, it's been Waltrip's year. He's had some good times. He's had some bad times. But he leads this Old Dominion 500 with some 240 laps completed, coming up very closely to, it's actually 210 laps, coming up very closely to the halfway mark here. We pause now for station identification. A good crowd has turned out here for the $122,000 Old Dominion 500. The announced crowd, 25,000 diehard race fans, and they are seeing a whale of a battle for fifth position. Petty goes to the inside once again on Kale Yarborough out of the south end of the speedway. Petty is working very nicely down on the concrete portion of this racetrack, Ned. He is sticking well with that Chevy Monte Carlo.
2: And that's when you get an advantage, when you can work that well down on the inside. But as Mike Joy pointed out, Yarborough is coming off of the turn so very well so that's why Petty is not able to maintain the advantage that sometimes he gets in the center of the turn
4: Cale Yarborough the second winningest driver here at Martinsville he has six victories to his credit Richard Petty of course leads everyone with 15 wins since he started coming here about 1959 right now Petty trying to get around Yarborough up in front of Mike Joy there's just no way traffic is tough as Petty laps by Jimmy Beans he loses about two car lengths in that battle for fifth spot leader continues to be Darrell Waltrip Last weekend, problems at Dover Downs. They crashed early in the race, worked most of the day, went some 200 miles behind, put the car back in to make it finish. ...trying to hang on to his lead over Richard Petty. Right now, he leads him going into today's Old Dominion 500, just 83 points. One week ago, going into Dover, he led by 187 points. That's how quick that that point lead can evaporate for you.
0: And attrition is beginning to rear its ugly head here in Martinsville, already out of the event. Frank Warren, Bill Holler, Dale Earnhardt, Cecil Gordon, Butch Lindley, Benny Parsons, Cecil Gordon, Dick May, and Junior Miller and Dave Dion, making nine cars out of the race because Junior Miller... Dave Deion shared the driving chores on that Chevrolet number 95.
4: For the most part right now, the race seems to have stabilized a little bit. Everybody trying to catch Darrell Waltrip as they run nose to tail. And as Ned Jarrett pointed out, the harder you race earlier in this event, the less equipment you have to work with when you get down to the final stages where it really counts. And brakes are such a big factor here. Ned, some drivers are particularly hard on brakes on the short tracks.
2: Yes, they are. And uh, some other crews will use the gears as a means of helping to break the car going into the turns here, Barney. They'll gear the car a little bit lower and maybe turn it a few more RPMs at the very top, or either the driver, maybe along the start-finish line, might just start easing out of the accelerator so as not to turn it too many RPMs. But the lower the gear, the quicker you can get the car stopped going into the turn, so that does help to save brakes. And then, of course, if you got the car working properly coming off of the turns, the low gear will help you shoot off of there, too. So they have various strategies that they use and they have to take into consideration the man behind the wheel and just how hard he is on a particular part of the car and then work accordingly.
0: But Daryl Waltrip feels that if you're leading and the car is working, as you say, Ned, that the brakes aren't needed that much. If your
5: car's handling well here, you don't need any brakes. It's a deal where you go down in the corner and you just bar- barely touch the brakes and the car sets good and it comes around and you don't have to worry about using a lot of brakes. So you have to have a good combination. The car needs to handle well so you can run hard so you can conserve your brakes and if you can do that then that's that's really the big secret
0: two of the cars that were originally listed as retirees from this event have returned battered and worn race weary as they are frank warren back after encountering brake problems very early in the event cecil gordon his crew has remediate have finished the repairs on their car and he is limping around the racetrack at the present time but he is back in the race as well so now it's seven cars that have been retired from competition
4: Richard Petty took a look underneath Cale Yarborough and Cecil Gordon was there down in the inside groove. He had no chance to get underneath him, but Petty is waiting for Cale Yarborough to make a slip to get a little bit out of the groove in that Bush Oldsmobile here this afternoon and he hopes to scoot up a position as he chases him down into turn three. As he did so, Neil Bonnet had the nose
3: underneath Buddy Baker, but Baker came down and closed the door. Petty now right on Yarborough's bumper, looking to the inside out of turn four. No thinks better of it, back up in the groove.
4: Bobby Allison is broken away a little bit now from Buddy Baker. He's in the number two position. Tradition. The leader is Waltrip. Third is Baker. Fourth right now is Neil Bonnet. Fifth is Kale. And sixth is Richard Petty. Good run here today again, Jack Aroot to the driver of car number 48, James Hilton. He's been showing in the top 10 most of the afternoon, and he's been racing a lot of the independent drivers all the way up through the field.
0: But he's begun to encounter problems on the Palatine Automotive Chevrolet Monte Carlo, and he has dropped off the pace, limping on the inside as many of the other runners go to the high side down the back stretch. In the meantime, Petty looks to the inside on Cale Yarborough again. That battle for fifth continues, taking a look at how they are running with 225 laps about to go by the boards. It's Waltrip out front, running in the second position. It is presently Bobby Allison. Then, now, 12 car lengths back in third spot is Buddy Baker. Fourth to Neil Bonnet. Fifth goes to Yarbrough. Sixth position is Richard Petty. In seventh spot, one lap off the pace is Joe Millican. Eighth to Ricky Rudd. Ninth to Dave Marcus. Terry Labounty is in 10th position. James Hilton, four laps off the pace, is in the 11th spot. In 12th is J.D. McDuffie. And running 13th is Martinsville, Virginia's own Buddy Arrington in the Dodge. Well,
4: if you're wondering what happened to Dale Earnhardt, the young rookie driver whom so many race fans around the nation are beginning to follow his progress this year, he crashed on the 67th lap here at Martinsville. Something broke on the car coming out of turn number two, and he banged it into the wall, and that has been his problem here this afternoon. The car is now retired. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. At Martinsville Speedway, 226 laps are being posted on the board here this afternoon. Very shortly, we'll be halfway home in this event. Skies continue to be overcast, but it is an ideal day temperature-wise for both the drivers and the fans. The cars continue to work flawlessly for most of the top crews this afternoon. Thus far, it has been Darrell Waltrip. Nobody's been able to head him off in the Old Dominion race this afternoon. As he heads out of turn number one and two, goes up the back chute and works race traffic. The second place car, Bobby Allison, continues to lose just a little bit of ground to him right now. And Richard Petty, who had been making a charge on Cale Yarborough to get back up front with the leader, right now has been content to just ride on the bumper of Cale Yarborough. He's tried him underneath, outside, inside, and Cale is making him work for the real estate this afternoon, Mike Joy.
3: Petty trying to get underneath, but they're losing a lot of ground to Waltrip. As they go into the first turn in front of you, Waltrip will be heading out of turn number four, looking at them down the straightaway.
4: If you get a lap down here at Martinsville, it's kind of hard to get back, more so than on a super speedway a lot of times, Ned Jarrett. Yes, it is. Where Drafting does not come into play on a speedway of this sort,
2: and as we've seen Petty, as he came up as fast as he did on those other cars, he's not been able to move around them, so in order to gain a lap back, you've got to pass the leader, and then hope for a caution to come out, or either just run him down a full lap around, and it is extremely hard to do on this racetrack because of the tightness and the closeness of the competition.
0: Well, the caution has been displayed for the fourth time this afternoon, this time for debris on the racetrack It is resting right in the middle of the racing groove. So this will be a very quick caution, but this will tighten things up considerably, and that sizable lead that Darrell Waltrip had built up, now it goes by the boards here in the Old Dominion 500.
4: We are under the fourth caution flag of the afternoon at Martinsville Speedway. It came out just a moment ago on lap number 233, some debris on the racetrack, and the caution has been displayed to the field, and it came at almost an opportune time for the drivers to make their pit stop. They made their last one when the caution was out on 142, and they went back to green on lap one number 53, so pit stops would have been coming up very shortly for most of them anyway. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Well, after a rash of pit stops here at Martinsville this afternoon, under this fourth caution flag, as we take a look right behind the pace car, there sits Bobby Allison, who is now the leader. Waltrip has moved into the number two spot, right on his bumper, and very shortly they'll be going back to green.
0: A reminder to all of our listeners: there are five Winston Cup Grand National events remaining on the schedule for 1979. Next week it's the Holly Farms 400 from North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, Enoch Daly's 5/8 mile facility, and they'll be hosting the Winston Cuppers on Sunday, September 30th. On October October 7th, the Napa National 500 at the beautifully renovated Charlotte, North Carolina Motor Speedway. That mile and a half facility, many people are pointing to the fact that the qualifying record could escalate by some four to five miles per hour due to a $300,000 resurfacing job in the turns. Then on October 21st, it's the American 500 from Rockingham, North Carolina. That's a torture test on that racetrack that's just a little bit over a mile in length. That's October 21st, the American 500. November 4th, it's the Dixie 500 from Atlanta, Georgia. On November 18th, it'll all go down. The curtain will come down on the $5 million Winston Cup schedule in the Times 500 from Ontario, California.
4: Green flag displayed in the field as they come roaring out of turn number four. Bobby Allison is the leader in the Hodgson Thunderbird. Walter moves up to second spot. Third is Cale Yarborough. Fourth is Richard Petty. Fifth is Buddy Baker. Sixth is Neil Bonnet. They work traffic up in turn three. And Allison got a good jump on the field. He's about five car
3: lengths ahead of Waltrip, and here goes Yarbrough underneath the Gatorade Chevrolet. Waltrip closes the door out of turn four.
4: These two have hammered on each other earlier today here this afternoon. Waltrip tapping on the bumper of Cale Yarbrough, trying to move up a slot. Now it's just reversed. It's Cale riding in third spot, trailing Waltrip up into turn number three as Bobby Allison has a six-car length advantage.
3: Allison plays the rabbit in open field running. Waltrip with Yarbrough and Petty. A tight three-car formation running right at the bottom of the racetrack up and out of turn four, single file. Trouble in the backstretch. Ronnie Thomas's car looks to have come to a stop on the inside lane of the back straightaway.
4: Ronnie Thomas has stopped that car. It probably just died coming out of the corner, and caution comes onto the speedway again.
3: So The race wh- back to the line. Here's Petty jumping underneath Kale Yarborough. They're running for third position out of turn number four. Petty on the bottom, Yarborough on the high side, racing back to the line.
0: No And it's going to be Yarborough.
3: Yarborough Just by two it. feet.
0: Cale Yarborough on the high side of Richard Petty retains his fourth place running position and that will move Yarborough back. We'll check that. It'll be Bobby Allison in front, Darrell Waltrip will be running second, Cale Yarborough will be third, Richard Petty will be fourth, Buddy Baker will be fifth. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company.
4: Well, they have now pushed Ronnie Thomas's car backwards down the back straightaway and there was an indication that Mike Joy said that the car would not go into any kind of a forward movement, and that is the reason they have pushed it in behind the wall, and that is also the reason for the fifth caution flag of the afternoon here at Martinsville coming out on lap number 241. After this rash of pit stops, Bobby Allison now is the leader. Waltrip has moved up into second again. Third is Cale Yarborough. Fourth is Richard Petty, and fifth is Buddy Baker. And standing by, down to the infield tower with Ned Jarrett, is a very interested spectator today, and we understand he was a member of Butch Lindley's pit crew a little bit earlier, David Pearson.
2: Well, when we went down to talk with Butch Lindley just after he fell out of the race, David Pearson was taking the headgear off, so David, you must have been the radio contact with Butch.
14: Well, I was, Ned. I was talking to him, and, uh, you know, trying to see what was going on and the car was running real good in fact he was just uh, more or less taking it easy we had a gear in the car that it was lower enough that it should run good but uh, and it was running good so uh, uh, he was just more or less taking it easy and when Darrell come up within five seconds behind him I told him that Darrell was in five seconds with him stand on a little bit and of course he pulled away and come right on up behind uh, Bunnett and uh, uh, Richard and the rest of the guys so he was running real good.
2: David, we say they've given the one-lap signal we'll be back to racing under green.
14: What are your plans? Are you going to run any more Grand Nationals this year? Uh, no, Ned, uh, I think I'll set the rest of this year out, and uh, maybe just next year I don't really know what I'm going to do yet, but uh, I do have a few sportsman races to run this year, so I'll run them, but as far as Grand Nationals, I'll just set the rest of the year out.
2: Some people said after you won that Southern 500 that you might just hang it up.
14: Well, I don't know yet. I'm going to have to wait and
0: see. Okay, Jackie Root, they're going to be ready to start here in just a moment. David, there were some reports coming out of the press in the Carolinas that maybe, possibly, you could be enticed to come to Charlotte for the Napa National 400. Five hundred. Uh,
14: no, Jackie, I've had that. A lot of fans have called me and things like that, but I'm definitely not going to Charlotte. Okay, the green flag is waving again.
4: Bobby Allison takes off as they come out of turn number four of the caution car on pit road, and he's being chased by Waltrip. Here he comes down into the number one corner. It's Bobby Allison in front, Waltrip riding second, third is Cale Yarborough. fourth is Richard Petty, and sandwiched in between there are Joe Milliken and Dave Marcus, who's been running consistently here this afternoon. The leaders head up into turn number three.
3: Yarborough got a pretty good jump, of Richard
4: Petty did not
3: start well on the restart. He's fallen about five lengths back of Yarborough, running in the fourth position
4: front twosome, nose to tail, scoot back into the number one corner. Seven car links separate the third place car, Cale Yarbrough and Waltrip gets a little bit out of the groove coming out of the number two corner, loses the car link to Bobby Allison. Richard Petty trying to work his way around Joe Milliken and caught back in traffic as Buddy Baker trying to pick his way up.
3: Petty jumps underneath Milliken at turn number three and gains
0: a bit of ground. Meanwhile, Waltrip is closed right up on Allison's bumper. It's now three cars that are battling for the lead in the south end of the speedway. Cale Yarbrough is in third position in the runner up spot as Daryl Waltrip and leading this Old Dominion 500 is Bobby Allison. They pull to a six-car length advantage over Richard Petty who runs in fourth. Buddy Baker is fifth. Neil Bonnet shows in sixth spot.
3: Petty off to a bad restart has not been able to close while the front three cars are now nose to tail
0: heading for turn one Darrell Waltrip makes a move to the inside he's got a quarter panel up against the rear deck lid and now it is almost side by side and almost closing the door was Bobby Allison they are hub to hub midway down the back stretch Waltrip has the room and the power and Darrell Waltrip is back in
3: the lead out at turn number three Cale Yarborough points the nose of his olds underneath Allison and Allison slams
0: the door to hold on to the second position a calculating gamble by Daryl Waltrip in the south end of the speedway gives him the lead, and next time by it will be halfway. A little bumper tag now by Bobby Allison out of turn two. It's Waltrip leading Allison, Yarborough, Petty, and Baker, and Bonnet runs in sixth spot. Allison got rooted out of the lead, and he's not happy about
4: it. He had to slam down to the bottom to hold off Cale Yarborough. They run single file out of turn four. Back into the number one corner. Waltrip is out front. Bobby Allison lets him know he's there. He tapped him a moment ago as they came out of that number two corner. He almost does it again. And the front four run nose to tail down the back chute just inches apart here at Martinsville. Darrell Waltrip setting the pace in the Old Dominion 500 at Martinsville. Bobby Allison still second. Cale Yarborough is third. It's Richard Penny fourth. In fifth position is Buddy Baker and sixth is Neil Bonnet. We're working the 254th lap and we're a little bit past halfway. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Here at Martinsville Speedway, no change in the front five. It continues to be Waltrip in front of the Gatorade Caprice Chevrolet. Riding second, it's Bobby Allison in that Hodgson Thunderbird. The Bush Oldsmobile of Cale Yarborough chews away for that number three spot as he rides Allison down into turn number three. Richard Petty's STP Chevy rides fourth. And fifth right now is Buddy Baker in the wind car. And in sixth position is Neil Bonnet. Now, he's managed to keep that car in the same lap. And in all fairness to the Wood Brothers, Jackie, they do not have a short track car per se. But they do a whale of a job as best they can with the equipment here. And they always try to make it work. They did the same thing with David Pearson when they run this track. It's the only short track they perform on. We had a chance to talk to Neil yesterday. And I asked him, realistically speaking, what would it take for you and the Later Mercury to win here today?
6: It's going to take a real good set of circumstances. We're really going to have to get the car handling well. The, uh, You know, Bobby and the, and the rest of the Ford, Ford products and myself, we carry about 150 more pounds on the front wheels. than of all racetracks, this thing here is when it really hurts you. And so uh, if we can get the car handling real well, we're to maintain a good race speed, we'll, we'll be in good shape.
0: Well, the average speed has dropped off just a tad as we come to the 260 lap mark 76.456 miles per hour just prior to the 260 lap mark. Darrell Waltrip continues to lead. He's lengthening his lead now over Bobby Allison. Allison is having to contend with your third place runner, Cale Yarbrough. Richard Petty is in fourth. Buddy Baker is in fifth. Neil Bonnet is sixth. Then one lap down is Joe Milliken, and a lap by himself in seventh. Eighth spot to Ricky Rudd, also a lap by himself. Dave Marcus is ninth. Terry Labonte is tenth. Five laps off the pace in 11th position is Buddy Arrington and J.D. McDuffie is now being posted in the 12th position.
4: So some good runs for many of the drivers back in the field. D.K. Eldrick and Frank Warren have been posting good efforts here this afternoon. Frank from Harrisburg, North Carolina and he and Tommy Gale still have that battle that Jackie Root has told you about all season going on between them and they have an awful lot of fun just needling each other about who has the best finish in each race, but right now it's Waltram, and he continues to look awfully strong at Martinsville this afternoon. He's heading up to Mike Joy in turn three. And the car is still working very well, Barney. He's not having to fight the wheel, and now
3: Allison is caught in heavy traffic and threads the needle between Ulrich and Gale and gets a piece of DK Ulrich on the
0: front stretch. Bobby Allison did get together with DK Ulrich, Jackie Aroot, A very tough move. D.K. Ulrich stranded in the middle. He tried to come down didn't realize Allison was there and then had to back out of the throttle but it's all gone by the boards now as all the front runners have negotiated their way around D.K. Ulrich doing likewise in this north end of the speedway around the Kings Inn Daytona special of Roger Hamby. It's now clear sailing for Daryl Waltrip your leader Bobby Allison in second, Cale Yarbrough Richard Petty, Buddy Baker and in sixth position now having to work that traffic is Neil Bonnet as they go to the north the north end of the speedway once again.
3: Advantage for Daryl Waldrop now sets at about 10 car lengths as he's lengthening his lead over Bobby Allison's Thunderbird. Allison has Cale Yarbrough just one car length back and then Richard Petty in a tight
4: three car formation for second spot. Walter comes slicing into the number one corner, moves up on the CRC Chemicals car of Richard Childress, takes the outside groove, Childress moves over, gives him racing room as he heads back up into turn number three. The new kid on the block, Daryl Walter. he hasn't done so bad since coming onto the circuit back in about 1974. He's topped the $1 million in winnings. He did it in just 158 races, 22 Winston Cup victories already in his
0: young career. Daryl, how can someone come out of the circuit as you did, a brash youngster, and meet with such success while others come? and run for 20 years and just can't cut the mustard
5: the thing about when i came along was uh factories were out of it uh you had to have a sponsor you know, you sort of made your own way i bought my own cars i provided my own sponsor and i tried to put together a team and i think it's just a deal where the pettys and the arboros and the allisons and the pearsons and all those guys that had been around for a number of years no new faces had been on the scene and i think it a lot of people i believe the support that i got early from the press uh from some of my from from the from richard and some of the other drivers uh even though maybe they are on they said well maybe we shouldn't have been so nice to this kid but nevertheless i think the support i got early on uh and the encouragement kept me uh enthused enough and i could keep going and getting uh, involved with Gatorade at a proper time and Die Guard at a good time and uh, the sport was in need of a new face or two and that, I came along at a good time. I just think it was good time and I, I, uh, I'm sure there are other individuals that are in racing today that probably have as much ability and probably have as much desire as I do but uh, they just happened to be in the wrong places and not being discovered. It's like uh, movie stars. You know, you walk in a guy's office, and the part fits your personality, and next thing you know, you're a star. So uh, that's kind of what happened to me. The part that came open in racing fit my personality and my style, and I took advantage of it.
0: Well, indeed, it has, and the Dieguard Gatorade racing team have done their homework, and now Darrell Waltrip says, when I dream, I dream of one thing that's left on the horizon. That's the Winston Cup Grand National Driving Title. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Here at Martinsville Speedway, Neil Bonnet's
4: Purelator car has just been called on the pit road. Let's go quickly to Ned Jarrett.
2: And they changed the
4: right side tires, and he came in, Barney, a little bit faster than he
2: anticipated. Had to turn it crossways, which was a disadvantage. Oh, well trouble.
3: Darrell was- Walter spins in turn three. And taps the retaining wall up at the north end of the speedway. Racing back to the line go Bobby Allison, Cale Yarbrough, and Richard Petty as Waltrip's car sits in a cloud of smoke up
4: against the wall in turn number three. And disaster has struck the Gatorade team for the third time this season. Waltrip crashing the car at Darlington, South Carolina. He cut a tire. Something broke on the machine at Dover last weekend. He tagged the wall, and he does it again today here at Martinsville Speedway. And Jackie Root. his streak of bad luck seems almost unreal.
0: It's a cloud of bad luck that has continued to follow this die guard Gatorade racing team. This is a break for Bobby Allison, but it's a bad break for Neil Bonnet. If it had just been maybe two laps later, he could have taken advantage of that pit stop, which has probably, most probably, put him at least one lap down.
2: Yes, it did, Jackie, at least one lap down. They uh, got him out in reasonable shape or good time after he turned crossways in the pits. He's back in the pits now for a change of left side tires, but it definitely cost him a lot.
3: Up in turn three, Darrell Waltrip is still sitting in the car. He looks like he's just about to climb out now. The car did not hit the wall hard, but there was a big cloud of smoke up there after he came in and the car came to rest. So he has not been able to fire the machine and move it. The left front tire looks to be low, and there looks to be a bit of damage on the right side of the car, but he is remaining inside the Gatorade
4: Chevrolet. We'll try and see if our pit reporter, Ned Jarrett, might make his way down to the Gatorade team and find out what happened to Waltrip's car for the third time as he has disaster here at Martinsville. Stepping into our booth this afternoon, the president of the Purelator Corporation in a... Strong supporter, of course, of Neil Bonnet. You watched their efforts a moment ago. They went a lap down. You heard Ned Jarrett say, and you have to have some good feelings about the team's performance here today thus far.
12: I think they've been running very well, Barney, but you can always do better. I'm very sorry about Darrell. I really am. I thought he was running a very good race up till now. It looks like he's out.
3: Excuse me, Paul, up here in turn three, Waltrip is staying in the car because as the wrecker comes to his aid, Waltrip does not want it towed
4: in. He wants to be pushed into the pits to see if Buddy Parrott and the crew can get him back into today's race. Walter must complete as many laps as he possibly can. Each one counts for points. The more laps you complete, the better finish. And right now it's getting critical between himself and Richard Petty. Again, we're talking with Paul Cameron here at Martinsville this afternoon. Paul, you like the short track races almost as much as the big super speedways. And Martinsville, I think this is probably your first visit here.
12: It's my first trip to Martinsville, and it really is very entertaining. I think it's very close to Bristol uh, in your ability to see a lot of very, very close racing. There's nothing to compare to this, really.
0: Well, you are the grand marshal for today's event. Is that a first for you, Paul? Uh,
12: No, it really simply means uh, I think that uh, if you're called about a week before a race
0: and ask if you'll do it, it means that the star that they had in mind uh, couldn't make it. Well, we know for sure that that was not the case here. Clay Earls, I understand, has been begging you to come down here and serve as grand marshal for so many years, and he was genuinely impressed at your response when he offered it to you this time. In fact, we were talking before the race started today that you know you are one of the true race fans on the circuit, in addition to being an outstanding businessman and the Purilator Corporation that have supported racing for so long. But the way you greeted the offer to be grand marshal, it really, as they, as us youngsters would say, blew Clay Earls away because he kind of expected that you would maybe say, well, let me check my schedule, but you just said I'd be delighted.
12: No, the truth of the matter is Clay has asked me uh, uh, to come down a number of times and for dozens of really uh, un, you know, fathomable reasons that never panned out, so that when he asked me uh, this time and I was coming, I said I'd be delighted to serve.
0: Well, working the caution here in the Dygard Gatorade Racing Team, Crew Chief Buddy Parrott has brought the car to Pit Road. Let's go to Ned Jarrett for a report. They have rolled
2: the car down. Our report is that the engine blew on it. Daryl is still sitting in the car. Darrell, what happened when you went into that turn?
5: Well, the engine blew up, Ned. Uh, Things just running so, so good, and uh, everything was going fine, no problems, and all of a sudden she just let let go on us, and uh, what can I tell you?
2: Okay, they're wanting everybody to get back out of the way. They are going to change that engine and get him back in and complete as many laps as they possibly can.
4: Oh, what a tough break for one of the finest competitors in this business. He runs as strong as he can. He's run his heart out. He was totally dedicated to winning the national driving title this year. It was a complete team effort from day one, opening at Riverside, California, in the Winston Western 500. And you can bet your boots that team will not give up all the way to Ontario in the final race of the season.
0: Continuing to talk with Paul Cameron, Paul, you and Purelater have always been proponents of pursuit of excellence. And it seems as if the people that you sponsor, the Wood Brothers and now with Neil Bonnet at the controls, they are the embodiment of just exactly what you and Purelater stand for, excellence in Winston Cup Grand National Competition.
12: I think that's our goal, Jackie. It's a, it's, a, it's a goal worth pursuing, and I think it transfers to all of our people and our product, and uh, that's what it's all about. I think that it's fun to be out front and uh, we're out front a fair amount of the time, uh, but but there's immense and terrific competition in Grand National Racing now, as you know, and it just means that everybody has to try harder.
2: Paul, if I can interrupt you, I'm standing with Leonard Wood. Leonard, you just made an unscheduled pit stop a lap before this caution came out. What did you have to bring Neil in for?
14: He had a flat tire on the right rear.
2: So the timing was very bad as far as you're concerned then?
14: Uh, it sure was.
2: Well, have you... uh, you, are you one lap down, or do you know how the standings are? Well,
14: I'm trying to figure it out now. Uh, I'm thinking we're in the same lap right ahead of uh, Bobby getting ready to be lapped.
3: Ned Leonard is correct. We just got word from Morris Metcalf, chief scorer, that Joe Millican and Neil Bonnet are just barely on the same lap of the leaders just ahead of Bobby Allison on the
0: racetrack. Well, Paul Cameron has stepped out. He's gone back to watch the restart here. The Pontiac safety car pulls off the safety apron, and on the break it will be Bobby Allison trying to gun down Joe Milliken and Neil Bonnet, who are on the tail end in the front of the pace car, but it's Allison leading Cale Yarbrough. Running in third spot as Richard Petty. Buddy Baker is in fourth spot in this Old Dominion 500 at Martinsville.
4: Richard Petty and Cale Yarbrough door-to-door running for the number two spot. Oh,
3: and they tangle up in turn three. Yarbrough on the low side gets into Petty. Petty is around, facing wrong way in the racetrack in the fourth turn. A lot of sheet metal exchanged. Everybody else gets by without incident. Those two cars are stopped, and now it's Petty's car, who's backed into the grassy apron and cannot move. Yarbrough backs up the racetrack and then cannot steer his race car. Yarbrough cannot get his car pointed to go down towards Pitt Road, and Petty's car spitting the wheels in the grass cannot move. Kale backs up, starts out again, and it looks like he'll be able to limp onto Pitt Road with no steering on the left front of his Bush Oldsmobile. Richard Petty can just sit and helplessly watch the field come around. They were pitted on the back stretch at the far end, and the entire Petty crew has now come out to try to lift Richard's car up and over the curb and get him back on the racetrack without losing too much time. Back to Looks the like
2: tower. a tie rod is broken on Kale Yarborough's car because the wheels, it won't go where he wants it to go. The wheels are pointing each way, and so whichever one of the wheels the car wants to follow, that's the way it is. Now he has it headed in a straight direction. The right wheel headed straight out to, as far as it can to the right, the left wheel as far as it can and beat to the right, but he only gets about a third of the way down pit road and has to stop again. So Cale Yarborough goes, uh, he'll be going two laps down now as the pace car comes around. A break here for Neil Bonnet because he did manage to stay in front of the leaders, so he gets to go all the way around and catch up, remains in the same lap with the leaders.
4: Well, how quickly things can change in Winston Cup racing as they have this afternoon here at Martinsville. Just a few laps ago, Darrell Waltrip had the engine explode going up into turn number three, spun the car, and they're replacing the engine in that car, trying to get him back in. And Richard Petty and Cale Yarborough suddenly have problems up in turn number three, and we are under caution for the sixth time here at Martinsville this afternoon. From well, Pat- Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company here at Martinsville, Virginia, the pace car getting ready to head on to pit road and they'll cut them loose as they go back to green. It will be Bobby Allison in the lead. Here he comes up through the gearbox. Full power out of the number four corner down the straightaway and green flag as we go back to racing. Full tilt here at Martinsville. Allison out front. Buddy Baker has now moved into the number two spot and Neil Bonnet trails him as they head out of turn number two and we'll have Mike Joy shortly checking with Morris Metcalf to find out how far back Richard Petty fell during that little encounter between himself and Cale Yarborough up in three and four.
0: Jackie Aroot. A tough break for Cale Yarborough and the Bush Beer efforts of Junior Johnson. If it weren't for bad luck, they'd have no luck at all lately. Let's go to Ned Jarrett for a report from Junior Johnson's pits.
2: Well, they're working frantically under there, and as I suspected, the tie rod was broken on that car. They already have it out from under it, but it's going to be a long repair job. We'll see if we can make our way over to Cale and see... exactly what happened as he went into that turn. Cale, what happened when you and Richard went into the turn?
6: Well, I was down underneath Richard, and he just cut right down in on on me. I was as far down as I could go, and I guess he didn't see me, I don't know, but he just turned down in on me.
2: Well, they were running awfully, awfully close together. The crew is replacing that tie rod, and they have one side already on, and they're ready to put the tires on. Shouldn't be too long before they'll be able to go, but they're losing a lot of valuable time now under the green.
3: The report from scoring is that Richard Petty is one lap in arrears to the leader Bobby Allison. Petty a moment ago went underneath Joe Milliken. That was for the fourth position. Both Petty and Milliken are a lap down, and of course Neil Bonnet was able to stay on the same lap as the leaders. And Bonnet now up here fighting for third as Buddy Baker dives under Allison. He hits Allison, and Allison goes around. Bobby Allison is now sitting where Petty was a few laps ago, facing the wrong way up in the fourth turn. We have had everything happen up here today, and caution is out again. Allison does not get into the grass. He refires the machine heads it around, and will come by without losing
0: a lap. And now Cale Yarborough has the Bushmere Oldsmobile fired and is going back into the action. So this is a break for Cale Yarbrough. He will not lose as many precious laps as the one would thought if the race had stayed under green. Your leader is Buddy Baker. Neil Bonnet runs in second. Then in third spot, after spinning in turn number four, will be Bobby Allison. One lap back will be Richard Petty in the fourth spot. Fifth position will be Joe Milliken. In sixth position is Ricky Rudd, two laps off the pace of the leaders. Then four laps back is Dave Marcus in seventh position. Terry Labonte is in eighth position. Ninth is... Is Buddy Arrington in 10th is JD McDuffie in 11th is DK Ulrich and in 12th position is James Harvey Hilton of Inman South Carolina
4: so caution has certainly been the order of the day here this afternoon yellow fever all afternoon this is the seventh one of the day and it came out a moment ago when Bobby Allison and Buddy Baker get together right in front of Mike Joy and again to refresh us as to what happened there let's go back to Mike
3: It was almost the same thing as happened between Yarbrough and Petty a few laps ago. Buddy Baker got down underneath. Bobby Allison came through the third turn and coming up out of four, just got into him too much, into the driver's door of Allison's car. Allison went around, and he found himself facing the wrong way on the racetrack. It looks like everybody's
0: trying to run the fourth turn here backwards at one time or another. While we have a chance, we'd like to say a very special hello to Walter Ballard, former Rookie of the Year in Winston Cup Grand National Competition, who's recovering from a heart attack and is listening to the broadcast this afternoon. Walter, you're missing a wild and woolly one here in Martinsville, Virginia. And at the present time, it is Buddy Baker behind the Pontiac safety car as we get ready to go back to Green Flag Racing Barney
4: pace car diving on the pit road and coming up through the gears and on the accelerator Buddy Baker. He leads in the Old Dominion 500 here this afternoon. Neil Bonnet look at Richard Petty dive down to the inside of the racetrack and try to cut underneath Neil Bonnet as he scoots up a position trying to get a lap back. Petty is there. He's right on the bumper of Buddy Baker up in turn number three. Petty is sandwiched between the lead and second
3: place cars he has underneath Buddy Baker. He's got the room but coming off the turn the track narrows up and Baker
4: holds him off. Baker is a driver who will make you work for every inch of ground on a speedway. Short track or super speedway. Doesn't matter, but Petty seems to have it all together. He gets the inside line. Coming out of turn number two has a fender alongside. Let's see who backs out of it in three. Petty goes in hard.
3: Baker is relegated to the high side. Petty has the room underneath. Will try to get his lap back. He's able to handle on the bottom and comes out even with Baker.
4: Dead heat almost at the start finish line. Baker pulls him by just a nose. They get back into the number one corner coming down into the turn. Richard Petty is still there. Baker trying to put some heat on him as they head out of turn number two and up the back. shoot and they trade a little sheet
3: metal Baker has the engine but Petty has the handling advantage no one else has been able to stick on the bottom of the racetrack like he has but this time he goes in a little bit too hard has to get out of the throttle and Baker is in command again
0: looks like a repeat of the Virginia 500 in 1979 when Richard Petty bested Buddy Baker for first and second positions now Petty has to contend with a hard charging Neil Bonnet remember Petty is one lap in arrears he is posted in the fourth position but on the racetrack he's directly behind your leader Buddy Baker He would have gotten that lap back on the restart,
3: Jackie, but they almost overran the pace car, and as the pace car ducked onto pit road, Petty had to lift for just an instant, and that's why he's battling Buddy Baker to try to get back on the lead lap right now. So it's
0: Baker, Bonnet, Bobby Allison, Richard Petty in fourth, and Joe Milliken in fifth with 301 laps completed in this 500-lap contest. 25,000
4: race fans are on their feet watching Richard Petty trying to get his lap back on leader Buddy Baker. And Baker won't give him an inch of ground here this afternoon. He's tried him inside, outside, every way possible. No way to get around, but he has not given up. It's Baker in front. Neil Bonnet rides second. Third position belongs to Bobby Allison. Fourth is Richard Petty. And fifth is Joe Milliken. Trouble just ahead of the leaders as Tommy Gales lets go. A lot of smoke, but everybody makes it through without incident. And Gale drops down to the inside. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting company. Buddy Baker, not noted to be one of the better short track drivers in the business, is doing a number on the field here this afternoon, but Richard Petty continues to try and work him over Mike Joy. He's hammered on him inside, outside, and I look for him to go over top of him the next time around. Petty is going into the
3: turn a lot better than Baker. He's able to get underneath him, but Baker has tremendous power off the corner, perhaps running a lower gear that enables him to stay just ahead of Petty as they hit the stripe. Buddy Baker's
4: crew this afternoon with Waddell Wilson and the guys from Charlotte, North Carolina, did their homework on this machine here at Martinsville. They put the handling to the car. He seems to have the horsepower. In fact, as you brought out, he is jumping off the corners. He has so much horsepower and torque in that engine. Petty can get underneath him, but that's as far as he can go. He is not able to get around him. Traffic going to be a factor right now for the leader, and it might help Richard Petty, Baxter Price, and D.K. Eldrick ride door-to-door down the back chute as the leader, Buddy Baker, catches them up in turn three.
3: Just checking with Boris Metcalfe informs us Cale Yarbrough's 11 laps in the rear and Darrell Waltrip on that work in the pits cost him 29 laps to the leader and i'm standing by
2: with buddy parrot buddy i came down to see if you fellas really changed that engine i talked to Darrell, and he said he'd blown the engine all at once i seen the car going back out a little over 11 minutes a
5: fantastic job but you did change that engine well you know uh, the die guard gator a team i tell you we're gonna win this championship we're having all our tough luck and bad luck we still got about five or six races to go. if we just just can hang on uh we, uh, maybe, I don't know, we lost the motor, like I said, and Daryl didn't hit the wall too bad, but I'd like to thank Dave Viff and his crew for helping us. Uh, I know it was a fantastic engine change, and I just want them to know that they uh, that's definitely a record. Yes, it is, and for
2: your information, you're 29 laps down now, so uh, you still got a chance for a decent finish. Okay, we appreciate it, Ned. Now back to you, Barney.
4: Here's Richard Petty. He will not give up getting his lap back on leader Buddy Baker. He dives to the inside and turns one and two. He gets up there, and then as they go out of the number two corner, Baker pulls him by one car length back in three. It's the same story,
3: Barney. Buddy Baker is flat getting off the turns faster than anybody. And even though handling
4: is so superior on Petty's car, he just can't do a thing with him down the straightaway. Jackie Root and I were just sitting here in the tower talking about how much Richard Petty enjoys what he does on the racetrack. He has told us many times everybody wonders you've made $3 million in racing, why don't you quit? He says this is the one thing that still gives him a thrill, to get out there and beat the best in the business. Right now, he's trying to put himself back in a position to win here this afternoon as he hounds Buddy Baker back into the number one corner by just one car length behind.
0: 800 races is a pretty long road, Richard. Petty. do you think it's all been worth it for you and the STP racing team?
7: Yeah, I, th- I think it has. Uh, you know, put it this way, if I had to do it again,
4: I'd do it the same way. I'd just try to do a better job of it. I don't see how he could possibly do a better job that the records that Richard Petty has set will never be equaled in the sport no matter how long it goes on and right now he's giving the fans their money's worth this afternoon as he works on Buddy Baker just will not give up when it's obvious that getting off the corners Baker can pull him but Petty just waits hoping he'll make a mistake he shoves that STP Chevrolet right underneath him each time around again Baker pulls off and leaves him by about a car length out of turn number four at Martinsville Virginia 319 laps are in the record book this afternoon of the Old Dominion 500 Buddy Baker is leading Neil Bonnet is riding 7th And a good, strong run for Bonnet here this afternoon. They have not given up. They lost a lap a moment ago in an unscheduled pit stop, but right now, Glenn and Leonard Wood seem to have that car ticking away, and he is hanging on, lose maybe six, seven car lengths back of the leader. That's how close he is. Third place is Bobby Allison. Fourth is Petty. He's trying to get back in the lap with leader, Buddy Baker, as he continues to work on him. In fifth is a rookie driver, Joe Millican.
0: Running in sixth position is Ricky Rudd. Seventh goes to Dave Marcus, who looks as if he's finally foregone the goodies Headache Awards that he won so often in the early going. In eighth position is Terry LaBounty. In ninth spot is, is Buddy Arrington. Tenth spot to J.D. McDuffie. Eleventh position belongs to Cale Yarbrough, and in twelfth is D.K. Ulrich. We've been talking an awful lot about the rookie
4: drivers, Joe Millican and Dale Earnhardt and Harry Gant. And almost overlooked a lot of times when we do a broadcast, and it's not intentional, is the the super run that's put in every weekend by this youngster from Corpus Christi, Texas, Terry Labonte. He drives a good steady pace, good hard race driver. He conserves his equipment as much as he can and he has a lot more ability, Jackie, I think than the car presents itself on many of the tracks. But he's had good finishes all year, even though he's had some bad luck. As right now, he works on Dave Marcus coming into the number one corner. Marcus running extremely strong here this afternoon, and let's hope he has a good finish, because he's had more than his share of bad luck.
0: Well, Terry Labounty and the entire Stratograph Racing Team from the Billy Hagan Stable are extremely excited. They have secured some additional sponsorship for the remainder of the season. Technocraft Industries of Lafayette, Louisiana will sponsor the North Thomasville, North Carolina-based team in four of the last six races in 1979. Technicraft builds specialized instruments and equipment for the oil industry, and it's used primarily in exploration for oil, says Billy Hagan, who's the crew chief, and that's the company that's located and it's called Stratograph that's located as well Lafayette. They will sponsor Terry Labonte in the Holly Farms 400 next weekend, September 30th, at North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. So look for some fine finishes first at North Wilkesboro, then of course at Charlotte, when we go to the Napa National 400, and always Terry Labonte seems to run the best and the hardest racetracks on the circuit. Who can forget the two great finishes that he's had at Darlington International Raceway and Labor Day Classics, the two that he's run. But Junior Johnson has made some observations on this
4: youngster that he is a good driver. He has a lot of natural ability, and if Junior Johnson pays you that kind of a compliment, you can bet the kid does have some racing talent. Leader still is Buddy Baker. Situation has not changed. Richard Petty is there, just a half a car length back, waiting to get his lap back on the leader and put himself in contention to win here this afternoon. Petty and Baker out of the number two corner and Richard does a little fishtail this time as they hit turn number two and move up the back chute, so this is the way the top five are running it's Buddy Baker in the lead, Neil Bott at second riding third is Bobby Allison, fourth is Richard Petty and fifth is Joe Milliken from Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company Nine caution flags at Martinsville this afternoon. Right now, we're working a little past 300 laps in this event. The leader continues to be Buddy Baker. And Ned Jarrett, I don't, This might be a surprise in a in one way to a lot of listeners who normally think of Buddy Baker as being one of the terrors on a super speedway, but he's got his act together on a short track. Yes, he has, Barney. I think the last several years
2: that he's been doing better than he's been giving himself uh, credit for. He drove a tremendous race here in the spring, as we've mentioned before today, and finishing in second place. And he's driven an awfully good race here today. He's been right in the thick of things all day long. Of course, up until... Uh, things happened there a little while back he had not led it but he was always right there ready in case uh the front runners did falter and that's what happened and so there he is running very strong and holding off perhaps the fastest car on the racetrack right now
0: what are the differences in how you drive a short track compared to the way you drive a super speedway buddy baker
11: well you know you're so much closer uh and speed on short tracks to one car to another and uh You just have to really work hard on the chassis, where at Daytona or Talladega, you can be a little off and no one will ever see it. But on the short track, it's, I'd say, 50-50 handling. And you got to have a car to run off the corner. But the way you drive the racetrack is just very repetitious. You don't want to run. One lap at a 21.50 and come back with a 23 flat on the next lap because a good, consistent driver on a short track will beat you in the ground where on a major speedway, if you got the car, you can kind of bide your time. Here, every move you make counts towards the end.
0: Well, every move that Buddy Baker has made from the drop of the green flag is counted, and he leads by some 15 car lengths over Neil Bonnet, who runs in second. Third is Bobby Allison, then one lap off the pace, and challenging Buddy Baker to get that lap back is Richard Petty. A reminder to our listeners that there are five Winston Cup Grand National races remaining on the circuit. Sunday, September 30th. Next weekend, Holly Farms, North Carolina. The Holly Farms 400 at North Wilkesboro, North Carolina's 5 8th mile facility. We called it the Napa National 400 just moments ago. It is 500 miles at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. The Napa National 500 on Sunday, October 7th. Then on the 21st of October, it's the American 500 from Rockingham, North Carolina. November 4th is the Dixie 500 from Atlanta, Georgia. And the LA Times. Charities 500 is Sunday, November 18th. MRN Broadcasting Company will next be on the air for the Napa National 500 in Charlotte, North Carolina. Then we will be back here in Martinsville, Virginia on the, for one of racing's wildest double headers. Martinsville Speedway's 32 year history is expected to all go up in a whale of a great race, a $16,000 well, it's actually close to $100,000. That will be the Cardinal 500. That's a twin bill for the late model sportsmen and modifieds, and that will take place on Sunday, October 28th. We will be on the air to bring you all that exciting action. Then on Sunday, November 18th, we'll be back on the air to bring the curtain down on the Winston Cup Grand National Trail. That will be the L.A. Times 500. So there's three MRN broadcasts remaining. That will be the Napa National 500, the Cardinal 500 here at Martinsville, and the L.A. Times 500 from Ontario, California. Well, three cars continue to ride to
4: the lead lap here at Martinsville, and Richard Petty's trying to make it four as he continues to chase Buddy Baker around the speedway. He's tried him almost every conceivable way to get around, working him in traffic down in the inside groove, outside groove, and Baker doing one whale of a job here this afternoon in that wind machine to keep Richard Petty a lap down. So the three cars in the lead lap, it's Baker out front. Neil Bonnet rides in second. Third is Bobby Allison. Then a lap behind is Richard Petty in fourth, and the fifth position right now belongs to Joe Millican. Sixth is Ricky Rudd, in a good run for the Trucksmoor team here this afternoon. Seventh is Dave Marcus, and we I don't think there's anybody on this pit road or here in the infield or in the grandstand that wouldn't like to see Marcus have a super finish after the bad luck he has had all year. Riding in eighth position is Terry Labonte. Ninth is Martinsville's own Buddy Arrington, and tenth is John Delphus McDuffie, J.D. McDuffie, from Sanford, North Carolina. So the leader continues to be Buddy Baker, and right now he's having everything his way this afternoon. Nine caution flags have been displayed to the field this afternoon to update you a little bit again on Waltrip, in case you might have just tuned in our broadcast. He lost an engine going down into turn number three a moment ago, spun the car, they have changed that engine, put him back in the race. He lost only 29 laps, Now that's unbelievable.
0: The engine change took exactly 11 minutes and 36 seconds, so that would have to be a new record in Winston Cup Grand National Competition. Barney, we're going to have to start keeping track of engine changes to see who scores the fastest in the 1979 season.
4: Well, it's almost like they have snap-in engines. Ned Jarrett, back in your day when you were running several years ago, if they had had to change an engine, it would have took, what, an hour or a couple of hours?
2: Probably a couple of hours, Barney, because there they, uh, uh, was no consideration given to it in those days because... Uh, even though they have more things on the cars nowadays to, to put on and take off, they have worked it around to where they, they uh, well, for instance, in changing the engine here today, they already had the transmission hooked up to that car, so they didn't have to hook it. It's easier to hook the back of the transmission up to the drive shaft than it is to hook the engine up to the transmission. And they already have headers on it, and they take all of those things into consideration, and it results in being able to do it in a much quicker time.
0: And one of the things that has precipitated so many engine changes in the last three or four years, drivers that would normally drop out and then retire, has been the run for the Winston Cup. It's so valuable, monetarily and also in terms of prestige. When Cale Yarborough went for three consecutive driving titles, he changed more than his share of engines with the Junior Johnson team. And now as Darrell Waltrip looks for his Winston Cup Grand National Driving title in 1979, they've undergone engine changes as well.
4: At Martinsville, Virginia, it's Buddy Baker right now, still showing the way in the Old Dominion 500. We're coming up on 350 laps here in a couple more turns around the speedway. We pause now for station identification. Baker out front, Neil Bonnet riding second, Bobby Allison is third. Now those three cars are in the lead lap, one lap down. Trailing in fourth place is Richard Petty, as right now he seems to have backed off a little bit as he rides on the bumper of the leader, He'd been trying to get his lap back for about 20 or 30 laps, and for the moment he just seems content. Well, he's not going to take any chances with that car because there's still a lot of racing left here at Martinsville. But Mm
0: -hmm. your runner-up, Neil Bonnet, he's... Oh, trouble up in turn number four
3: as Ricky Rudd slides up to the retaining wall. He's blown a right front tire, but he gathers it back in.
0: The field gets by without incident, and Rudd makes his way to the pit road. And there is no caution on the racetrack, so we'll continue under green here. And we were about to say that Neil Bonnet, lately, Barney, seems to be driving a lot harder in the Later Mercury.
6: Well, I'm getting to feel a lot better in the race car. The, uh, you know, it's just a simple fact that it just takes time to get used to different situations. You know, all these cars are basically the same, but with this Mercury, uh, it's we've turned low RPM, where with the other cars I've driven, we've turned a lot of RPM. So I'm having to learn to drive on the opposite end of the racetrack. I used to run off the corner real hard and get in the corner slow. Well, now this car runs the opposite place on the racetrack, and it's taken me a while to get used to it. And now that I know how the car works, I can use it to my advantage, and in turn, I can race the guys a lot harder.
0: Well, he is racing hard this afternoon in what they would call a super speedway mount here on the short track at Martinsville. He's posted in second position. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Back here at Martinsville Speedway, problems on the STP Chevrolet. Richard Petty coming out of turn four, rubbed fenders, and came out against the wall, and that has brought the car into pit road for service from Maurice Petty and Dale Lindman and the rest of the STP team. That is a costly break for Richard Petty, Ned Jarrett. Yes, it was, uh, uh, Jackie. They changed the right side tires. Apparently, he cut a right
2: side tire down. When he brushed the wall, he's back down and out in the running now, but as you say, a very costly pit stop for him under the green.
0: And Richard? now Richard Petty will be listed in fifth place, two laps down. In fourth place will be Joe Millick in one lap off the pace. Bobby Allison continues to run in third. Second to Neil Bonnet, and Buddy Baker continues to lead. Going further back, Ricky Rudd continues to be posted in the sixth position. Seventh goes to Dave Marcus. Eighth is to Terry Labonte. Ninth spot to Buddy Arrington. J.D. McDuffie is in tenth, and 11 laps off the pace after those tie rod problems and that crash in turn three is Kyle Yarbrough in 11th spot. The average speed, 75 point eight four four miles per hour well it has turned out to be
4: an ideal racing day here at martinsville virginia we started the race under overcast skies some rain on the track early this morning the crowd continued to pour in hoping they could get the event in this afternoon it's been a good one all day we're working the 359th lap here at martinsville this afternoon of the old dominion 500 and everything has happened here today and it's all happened right in front of you mike joy
3: This has been the busy end of the racetrack, Barney. The track just narrows up. There's only one real groove here, and everybody tries to get in all at once. And that produces some of those bumpers in the doors and spinning around situations that had first Richard Petty and then later Bobby Allison facing wrong way on the racetrack. Allison did not lose a lap when he spun around on the horns of Buddy Baker's car, and he's still posted in third position, but it's been a costly mistake for Richard Petty when Cale Yarbrough and he tangled, and Petty lost a lap, and now with the stop, he's two laps in
4: arrears. Well, Buddy Baker continues to just find things going easy for him at this stage of the race. Here he comes, back into turn number one. He'll be moving up on Dick Brooks's bumper out of the number two corner and down the back chute, and he has just about a straightaway over the second-place car, Neil Bonnet right now, and between Neil Bonnet and the third-place car, they're in the same lap, just about two car lengths for Bobby Allison, who rides. Third now. Those three are in the lead lap. But well, this... excuse me, Neil Bonnet has his hands full now
3: with Joe Milliken. Milliken got underneath Bonnet a lap ago. He tries it again in turn three. Milliken now is a lap down to try to regain some lost ground. So it's not an easy ride for Neil Bonnet either in the
4: second spot. Young rookie driver from Randamund continues to hammer away. He takes the inside route down in turn number one. And for a moment it looked like he could gain some ground on Neil Bonnet. Punches the button out of the number two corner and then falls in on the rear bumper and just trails him up into the number three turn.
0: We continue to show nine cars out of competition. They're just a little bit different, though, as Ronnie Thomas's return returned to the race. We are showing Bill Holler out, Dale Earnhardt out due to a crash early in the race. Cecil Gordon, who was out, is back in the race, so that will make the... Butch Lindley is out, Benny Parsons is out, Dick May is out, the Junior Miller Dave Dion team, they are out, James Hilton has retired and also being shown out of the race now with engine expiration is Tommy Gale and Elmo Langley's Sonny King Ford.
4: Now that's the way they're running here at Martinsville 364 laps being posted on the scoreboard as we get down very shortly will be 100 laps to go here this afternoon. Buddy Baker just picks his way around traffic and that car handling excellent for him here this afternoon and Ned Jarrett, I think Waddell Wilson is a has found the tip on that Chevrolet engine. He is really getting some horsepower out of it nowadays.
2: Perhaps as much horsepower as being produced by any Grand National Team, Barney. When you watch that car, I was watching him a little bit earlier when he and Neil Bonick were battling out there. However, I'm sure there's a difference in the gearing in those two cars. Normally, they'll gear the Ford products a little bit higher than the Chevrolet's but boy, when they hit that straightaway, base just pulled away, and that's nothing but pure, sheer horsepower. you got to get a bite off the turn, but also you got to have some power under that hood, and they really get a, a lot of it, and it's showing here today, and he's doing a good job of driving it. You noticed, uh, Barney, since uh, Cale Yarber and Darrell Walter both uh, came back out on the track, they're running good, both of them, but neither of them are up in there battling with anybody else. They know their way down. There's no point in getting up there and taking any extra chances now. All they can do is ride it out. They can't win this race, so all they can hope to do is ride it out, get in as many laps as they can, and take no chances and uh, get as many points as they can. Stevie Waltrip when we were down there talking to Buddy Parrott a little bit ago as I walked off, she said, hey, how about telling uh, Daryl's parents and my parents that Daryl is in good spirits even though he's as far behind as what he is and he's showing that he's in good spirits out there the way he's driving at
4: Gatorade Chevrolet. Well, he's proved to be one heck of a race driver and he's kind of tempered a little bit. Jackie Roode in the last year used to things that would upset him and he would let it bother him all day on the racetrack. But I think he's overcome that. He's matured, as he told me the other day in the garage area, that now when things happen it's part of the game. You realize it, you roll with the punches, and you just keep on getting it. And that's what he's doing here this afternoon.
3: Here's Richard Petty getting a lap back from Buddy Baker almost at turn
4: four. He was right up alongside Baker, although he's two laps behind him. He tries it again in front of you at turn one. Petty dives hard into the number one corner, takes the low groove on the groove on the racetrack and he is there door to door they leave turn two and head for three side by side petty dives in deep
3: baker takes it in even deeper petty has the low side but baker remember has plenty of power coming
4: off the turn There, even out of the turn but baker pulls him down the straight Petty might have lulled him to sleep there a moment ago and getting Baker to think, well, he's just going to give up and ride along in the bumper, but not so. Petty is still there, and it's a dead heat out of the number two corner, and Richard Petty bumps him a little bit as they come out of the number two turn and head for three again.
3: This is the kind of show the fans paid to see, and they're getting
4: quite an eyeful of
3: it here. Richard Petty right down against the safety apron, kicks the left front wheel up on the curb. He has half a
4: car length on Baker this time. Down into the number one turn, Petty, by just about a foot. He drives in extremely deep. The car sticks, and now he pulls Baker by half a car length out of the number
0: two corner, and Jackie Root he has his lap back. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company.
4: Well, despite the fact that he was two laps down, Richard Petty refused to give up. He's picked up one of those laps right now on Buddy Baker and pulls him out of the number four corner by about three car lengths. And if Richard can have a little luck between here and the checkered flag this afternoon, still a good shot for the Ram of North Carolina to win his 800th Grand National Race in Competition here this afternoon.
0: After Neil Bonnet had showed an awful lot of muscle... Running in the second position, he has dropped back and will have to contend with your third-place machine, the Hodgdon Thunderbird of Bobby Allison, also out of Hueytown, Alabama. Looks as if some problems are beginning to develop on that Purulia Mercury. net, Jarrett.
2: Yes, we've had a report from the Wood Brothers pits that Neil has lost a cylinder. He's running on seven cylinders. But I've been watching him, Jackie, for the last five or so laps, and he seems to maintain the distance between he and Bobby Allison. Joe Milliken still runs between them. Milliken has gotten up beside him a couple of times, but as they start off with the corner, Bonnet is able to pull away, and that is an indication that sometimes when the track gets slick, that horsepower is not all that you need. You just need a good handling car, so it might not be hurting him too bad. It's hurting him as far as Buddy Baker is concerned, but it doesn't seem to hurt him as far as the rest of the field is concerned.
0: Well, for Buddy Baker, it was a close call, a confrontation of the sheet metal kind between he and Richard Petty just laps ago, and I asked Buddy Baker yesterday if it bothered him to trade sheet metal here in order to run up front.
11: Not really. I... You know, you don't just bang around on these tracks, but you have to brush and move through traffic, and you're going to touch somebody. There's never been a car that I remember run Martinsville that didn't touch somebody during the race. Uh, if nothing else, just tire burns where you run along beside somebody, and they have the wheel cut to the left, and you go under them, it'll go right down the side of the car and just leave black rubber all the way down the, from front to rear. Um, but, you know, as far as just running in there and banging off people, that don't work whether it be a Daytona, Talladega, or if we run a quarter mile just banging around on people, we don't go in there with that intention and certainly try to, to avoid that because the cars are pretty fragile when you start beating around on them with front bumper and rear
0: bumper. The thoughts of Buddy Baker as he has set sail and now has an 11 and 4 tenth second advantage over Neil Bonnet. Bonnet about to be overhauled by Joe Milliken. That is not for position, but Bonnet now in second position, looks in his rearview mirror and sees Bobby Allison, who is in third. Fourth spot, one lap off the pace, is Joe Milliken. In fifth is Richard Petty. He is two laps off the pace the way they're showing on this last rundown. Ricky Rudd is in sixth spot, seventh spot is Dave Marcus in eighth position is Terry Labonte and in ninth spot is Buddy Arrington while going tenth with 381 laps completed in the Old Dominion 500 is John Delphus, J.D. McDuffie
4: trouble up in turns three and four let's go to mike joy
3: neil bonnet's car is a flame underneath the hood of the Pure Later mercury bobby allison had to spin out to avoid him up in turn number three bonnet brings the car down the nascar safety cruiser right there but there were l- uh, barrels of flame coming from beneath the hood of the Pure Later mercury allison got back around and underway and now the caution flag
4: is displayed this will be the ninth caution flag of the day here at martinsville virginia and a moment ago you heard jackie and ned talking about the engine running on seven cylinders that Leonard Wood had said that was the case on the Neil Bonnet car and apparently it finally let go. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Yes, they have the hood up on it and smoke is boiling from
2: underneath the hood and Neil Bonnet is already out of the car directly in front of us here, so it looks like it's all we're going to them right now, Barney.
4: We will find out what happened on the Neil Bonnet car, but a uh, car completely engulfed in flames for the moment right in front of Mike Joy up in the groove, and Bobby Allison almost come plowing into it, trying to get Woad heading into that number three corner, spun the car out, and it didn't look like he tagged anybody, Mike.
3: No, I don't think so. He just spun and was able to get back underway. There's no fresh damage on the car as the cars that were following Allison were a bit further back and were able to take evasive action.
4: So this is the ninth caution flag of the day here at Martinsville Speedway this afternoon of the Old Dominion 500. We're under caution right now, and this is going to be a break because pit stops would have been coming up for almost all the drivers very shortly. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Here at Martinsville Speedway, an epidemic again of yellow fever is on the speedway as we're under the ninth caution flag of the day. Let's go to the pits and Ned Jarrett. We're standing by the Pure Later Mercury and
2: uh, Neil Bonnet and Leonard Wood standing here talking. What happened? You went into the turn there, Neil.
6: Ned, the motor, had a miss in it for about 100 laps, and, you know, as uh, long as it wasn't missing, I could race with Buddy, and then it started missing, and it fell back, and then all of a sudden, right at the end of the back, straightaway, it just exploded. I, I think it dropped the valve, and fire came all blew, it caught on fire, and the fire came all in the car, but, you know, it didn't hurt anything.
2: Neil, you had to be pleasantly surprised with the way the car was running here today.
6: Yeah, you know, uh, the Woods Brothers don't put a lot of emphasis in running short tracks. This is the only one because it's at home, but... When they do put out all-out effort, it shows up, so uh, it's a lot of fun. I'd like to say, hiding my dad at home, he just got out of the hospital, Tell him everything okay. There's a lot of beating and banging going on out there today. Well, Ned, I believe everybody's having a good time. It's, it's to, you know It starts out just kind of a friendly beating match, and then it seems like everybody's getting a little bit upset, so it's getting pretty tough. Okay, that's the words of Neil
2: Bonnet, out of the race now.
4: So, Neil Bonnet, who made a, a good showing here this afternoon, Jack and Root, that's the best showing the Woods have made. And in, as we said earlier, in all fairness to Glenn and Leonard, they do not have a short track car, as many of the teams do. And they come here and they work day after day and prepare as well as they can. And today they had a chance to win.
0: Indeed they did, Barney, and they begin... <clears throat> Well, for the last couple of races, they've begun to show a little more prowess on the short tracks. You know, it's almost like the case of Buddy Baker, where we talked for so many years about the fact that when you come to Martinsville or some of the other short tracks, you have to kind of let Buddy Baker's name drop to the back of the pack. But despite the fact that they bring a super speedway car here, they're, as Junior Johnson would say, a grind in and away in all through practice sessions, and the Wood Brothers have done their homework, and it seems tragic that they could not go the distance this afternoon. They are indeed one of the top qualifiers for the Goodies Headache Award this afternoon.
4: Well, we'll find out who wins that goodies Headache Award a little bit later today, and we'll also find out what happened in the world of motor racing over the weekend on the Simon Eyes Racing Scoreboard immediately following the conclusion of today's Old Dominion 500. Set the field for you right now. The leader is Buddy Baker, and what an afternoon he has had. Baker paced himself in the early going here today, and one by one, many of the top contenders have had their problems, and Buddy just sit back, took it all in, and when it came his time to take command, he's done a splendid job all day. You know, there's
0: a renewed enthusiasm to Buddy Baker and the way he, well, jumps around on Pit Road. You know, everybody, David Ift used to call him the Incredible Hulk because he could get fairly emotional about things. But the last three or four races, Buddy Baker's been a little bit more quiet, a little bit more soft-spoken. And I asked him yesterday, I said, do you look for the end of the season? What do you point for as you prepare for 1980 with the Wynn Incorporated team?
11: Well, I guess uh, that's hard to answer, really. I... I would like to certainly win more races next year, and I know we can. We have the, all the makings of a great race team. We're not great yet, but we, we're still working hard and uh, putting things together. And the combination is, is something that's made. It's, you know, it's uh, like Darrell when he first went with Gatorade. They didn't really set the woods on fire, and all of a sudden their combination got good, and... They started winning on a regular basis and now they're a the car to beat anywhere you go and that's what my goals are to make our car the car to beat everywhere we go and i hope that somehow along the way i think i paid my dues as far as falling out and having bad luck and different things like that but i would like to uh, really have two or three real super seasons and then well we'll wait and see what happens i you know i would like to race uh maybe two, three, four more years of good, hard competition and then going to some other field of racing.
4: Green flag is displayed in the field again here at Martinsville. Buddy Baker wastes no time in trying to pull away from Bobby Allison. Allison gives him no ground. He put a move on him here in turn number one, and now they're exiting four and heading back into that number one corner. Baker ahead of Allison by just a half a car length. Bobby trying to get a nose up along inside out of the number two corner, and Baker does have the horsepower and handling here this afternoon, Mike Joy.
3: He certainly has the power coming off the turn, Barty. He's running a little bit skittish midpoint in the turn. Has trouble getting in here is Petty underneath Joe Milliken, this is the battle for third spot, and Petty takes it away coming out of turn number four.
2: Barney Hall, I'm looking over the shoulder of Bill Gasaway here, and he's in contact with the scoring stand. Buddy Baker is in a lap by himself, according to NASCAR, and Bobby Allison lost a lap during that spin-out up there, so he, Petty, and Milliken would all be in the same lap battling for position. Allison is trying to get his lap back.
4: Well, we were about to say that we are going to get Mike Joy to check with Morris Metcalf to see if, indeed, Bobby Allison lost a lap on that spin-out up there when the last caution came out, and that is the case, according to Ned Jarrett, in the pits right now. So Allison running hard for... Whoa, and he spins out, going out of turn number two. Bobby Allison spins, coming out of the corner looped it all the way around and it looked like that he got a little bit high and the groove might have hit some of that loose rubber that's been piling up here in the turn all afternoon and he just looped the car 360 goes right on down the straightaway almost like a stunt driver Barney, Ricky
2: Rudd also spun around and hit the wall and so did Dave Marcus there must have been some oil on that turn between uh, 2 and 3, 1 and 2 Richard Petty almost lost his car he got it back under control but these other cars you see Ricky Rudd directly in front of you now as he gets down away from the banking so you can see him as he tries to get that car corrected and headed back in the right direction
4: we were watching the bobby allison car and didn't see ricky rudd come slamming into the wall and he sticks it in backwards and right now there's heavy damage on the tail end of the Trucksmore industries car as he heads up to mike joy
3: Whatever happened, Barty, it had to be with the Bobby Allison car because Richard Petty, running right between, right behind Allison, almost came to a complete stop. So whatever it was that happened down there, it started with Bobby Allison's T-Bird. Ricky Rudd lives by. A lot of left rear tire is rubbing on some very bent and battered sheet metal on his automobile.
2: Actually, Mike, uh, Richard Petty had almost lost his. He was running in front, no running right behind Bobby Allison, and at the same time, Allison just went around and did that 360, so that turn has got to be very slick.
4: Well, it looked like the car just set sail as Bobby comes flying out of the number two corner. The car had a good bite, and then all of a sudden it went around. So apparently there is some oil or something in this corner. At Martinsville, Virginia, the 10th caution flag of the day came out on lap 397. And what an epidemic of that we have had this afternoon. A lot of the cars taking advantage right now of the caution to duck into the pits. So Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Here at Martinsville, Virginia, things happen so quickly all afternoon. Here at the track in the south end of the speedway, the action has unfolded in the last 50 or 60 laps. Up until that point, most of the crashes and spins and blown engines had happened up in front of Mike Joy. And just a moment ago, Bobby Allison, who was heading up into the number two spot, spun going out of the number two corner and Ned Jarrett reported that there was oil in the turn. Let's go back to Ned.
2: Yes, we've checked with Ray Hill, the competition director for NASCAR Winston Cup competition and he says that something came out of the car number 52 of Jimmy Means as he went around the track and now they're in the process of putting the quick dry down all the way around the racetrack. I assume they'll put it a little heavier down there on that second turn where it was so slick. Uh, where the cars had trouble we mentioned that ricky rudd was one of those cars that had trouble and that car is really beaten batter to the left front and the left rear in particular is really banged up on that car they've been working on it since he came into the pits he's lost several laps here during this caution period now they're trying to push him off and get the car started again but ricky rudd who had moved up to the fifth position is uh, having his problems right now
4: Well, the Trucksmore team had been looking good all afternoon despite the fact that they had had more than their share of problems. They were running in fifth position, as Ned
0: Jarrett just reported. But the team is getting much stronger, Ricky, lately. Why? Uh, yeah,
10: yeah. especially, you know, since we went to this, uh, we've gotten this new car, and it just seems to be, you know, uh, just kind of a, a boost up for everybody. The car seems to be doing a little better job than the cars we've run before. And uh, used to, we go to a short track and just kind of be anxious to get the short track over with and look forward to the super speedway. And now with this new race car, you know, we can go to the, go to the short track and, and uh, feel good about going there and, and know we have a shot at uh, maybe winning it or either also an awful
0: competitive. Well, they did well in the Capital City 400, and until they had the problems befall them here late in the going in the Old Dominion 500, they were doing well. Short track race remaining next weekend. The Holly Farms 400 in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina, that five-eighths mile facility. So look for the Trucksmore Industries team to run well there. There should
4: be some record speeds over there because they have resurfaced that track. Junior Johnson and Cale Yarbrough took the Bush cars up there and ran some tests on it a little bit earlier. And a couple of weekends ago when the Grand Nationals were at Richmond, Virginia, the Modifieds and Sportsmen went up there and both divisions qualified at over 115 miles an hour.
0: Well, new pavement in North Wilkesboro, and there is new pavement as well, at least in some of the critical turns at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. where on Sunday, October 7th. They'll drop the green flag for the Napa National 500. The American 500 from Rockingham, North Carolina will take the green flag on Sunday, October 21st. Then it's the Dixie 500 in Atlanta, Georgia, in that mile and a half facility. That will be Sunday, November 4th. That will be the final East Coast appearance for the Winston Cup Grand National Division. And then on Sunday, November 18th, join MRN Broadcasting Company with the rest of the Winston Cup Grand National Division as we bring the curtain down on the motorsports season Sunday November 18th, with the running of the LA Times Charities 500 at the Ontario Motor Speedway. And Barney, the way things are going, we probably won't know who the Winston Cup Grand National Champion is until they tabulate all of the points after that. L.A. Times 500. Well, that's the kind of season they predicted even the beginning of the year
4: this year on the 1979 Winston Cup Tour, and it looks like it indeed will be true as we go into Ontario, California for the final race of the year. And it looks like that battle for the Rookie of the Year honors is going to go right down to the wire. Again, we'll remind some of the folks who have tuned in a little bit late on our broadcast this afternoon, Dale Earnhardt crashed again here this afternoon on lap 67. Something broke on the car, and he hit the wall coming out of turn number two, and he is going to lose some more points probably today and give Joe Milliken a break, so his misfortune will become Milliken's good luck at Martinsville this afternoon. Cale Yarbrough, 11 laps behind a moment ago on the latest rundown. Waltrip. Blew an engine going up into turn number three about midway through the race today. They changed that engine in just a little over 11 minutes. That's right. An engine change on the Gatorade car in about 11 and a half minutes. He is back on the track in the latest report we had about 29
0: laps behind. You talk about Cale Yarborough, an unprecedented three consecutive Winston Cup Grand National Driving titles, and then this year it's not been that great for Cale Yarborough, Junior Johnson, and the Busch Beer people. But don't forget, Cale Yarborough was so strong in his Winston Cup Grand National career and then forsook it, went to the United States Auto Club IndyCar-type competition with Gene White, and he had some real hard times there and had to come back and start at the bottom of the ladder once again. And not until he teamed up with Junior Johnson did he experience good times again on Winston Cup Grand National Division. And I asked him yesterday, I said, because of the fact that you've had the good times and such terribly bad times, has it been easier for you to stomach the 1979 season?
10: I think it does. I think you hit it on the head. I've had good times and bad times, and uh, you know I realize that there are going to be some bad times, and it just uh the bad ones make me appreciate the good ones.
4: Here at Martinsville Speedway, 404 laps are complete as we go into the final 100 laps of the Old Dominion 500. And this is the 10th caution flag of the day. And right now, it's Buddy Baker out front, all by himself. And if he can make it stick together, Buddy Baker will win his first race here at Martinsville. Bobby Allison has never won here, neither has Buddy Baker. Richard Petty, 15-time winner at Martinsville. He's had his share of problems. He continues to ride in second position right now as we're under caution.
0: Let's give a call to Dave Marcus in the Shoney's Restaurant, Hudson Chevrolet Monte Carlo. He's broken into the scoreboard for the first time and so very long. He's now being posted in the fifth position. He's several laps off the pace, but it's good to see Dave Marcus from nearby North Carolina running so well. There's a driver that's had more than his share of problems right from the outset of the 1979 season.
3: Jackie, there's some interesting strategy coming up here if Richard Petty elects to go to the inside on the restart with the lapped cars. Buddy Baker, the last time this happened, stayed up so close to the pace car that Petty couldn't get near him and take his lap away. But this time, the pace car is well out ahead of the field as they come to turn three and get back to racing. Baker is already hard on the throttle into turn three and immediately they go to single file out of turn four. Baker with Petty on the inside of Bobby Allison right behind
4: him. Richard Petty trying to get underneath Buddy Baker as they go back to green here at Martinsville. Down to the inside, Petty has taken that route all afternoon. He's there. Richard Petty pulls up alongside Buddy Baker and... About a half a car length ahead as they hit turn three.
3: Dead even into the turn. Petty stands on the brakes. Goes in way deep and gets sideways. Into the oil drive. Baker jumps underneath him. So does Bobby Allison. And Petty is back to third in the running order.
4: Hard driving by Richard Petty. He had his lap back there for a moment. And as Mike Joy described it, got away from him up in turn number three. Now he falls back to third position. Baker sets sail up the back chute out of turn number two. And Bobby Allison hounds him down into the number three corner.
3: A costly move for Petty. He's in the middle of a five-car session that includes Baker,
4: then Allison, Petty, Yarborough, and Waltrip, though those two cars are well off the pace. It's Buddy Baker leading them back into the number one corner. Baker, no problems with that car this afternoon. And he's driven a good race. He's taken no chances with the car. He's paced himself this afternoon. Whenever he needed to run hard, he's done it. But other times, he conserves himself and the machine here at Martinsville. And Baker is one of the drivers that we've talked to that he will be the first to admit. He is a little bit hard on brakes. And Ned Jarrett, as we get down to this final 100 laps, those brakes become the difference in winning and losing. Yes,
2: they do. In fact, many times we've seen the winner prevail because he had conserved his brakes during the race, and I believe Baker has done that this afternoon, Barney. He's run hard all day, but still uh, I believe that he's conserved those brakes, because the car is still handling very well for him, and uh, he seems to be able to move around in the traffic very well, and that's the advantage in those last 100 laps, if you can move around that traffic, and you got to have brakes to do that.
0: Well, this giant from Charlotte, North Carolina, Buddy Baker, leads the Old Dominion 500 by one lap over Bobby Allison in second. Richard Petty is third. Joe Milliken is in the fourth spot. Those three cars are one lap off the pace set by Baker. In fifth position, five laps back is Dave Marcus. Sixth to Terry Labounty. In seventh spot is Buddy Arrington. Eighth goes to Ricky Rudd. Ninth spot, 11 laps back is Cale Yarbrough. And D.K. Ulrich is in tenth position. Average speed thus far, 74.648 miles per hour.
4: Buddy Baker in command at Martinsville in the final 100 laps of the Old Dominion 500 this afternoon. 414 laps are on the board as Baker heads up into turn number three Bobby Allison has moved in on his rear bumper now he is a lap behind he is in second position Richard Petty is third Cale Yarbrough is fourth those three cars are in the same lap as far as the second place car Baker in a lap by himself in the lead Now, Allison's going to work on him a little bit and try and put that Hodgson T-Bird back in the lap of the leader. As he heads out of turn number two, he puts a little heat on him up in three. Allison is hounding him, and he's handling a lot like Petty,
3: way down on the inside. He gets the nose underneath Baker this time, but still Baker has the power
4: coming off the fourth turn, this time to hold Allison off. Baker's reflexes, his actions this afternoon have been almost perfect. He's driven almost as much in that rearview mirror as he has looking through that front windshield. He's had to the way they put the pressure on him for the last 200 laps here at Martinsville this afternoon, but Allison looks awfully strong in the late stages of this race, and Ned Jarrett, this is not necessarily a Ford product track, is it?
2: No, it's not. As you may heard Neil Bonnet say earlier, they're carrying a little bit more weight on the front end. I'm not sure what the difference is this year since they were permitted to move the engines uh, uh, back a little bit on those cars because of a rule change at the beginning of this year, but uh, still... The Ford products have not fared that well on the short tracks, although Bobby Allison disproved that at Richmond a few weeks ago. But uh, let's we should say maybe on this
4: track in particular. Again, it's Buddy Baker in front. Bobby Allison second, Richard Petty third, and fourth is Cale Yarborough. Baker is in a lap by himself. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Well, the second mistake I've made today, I just a moment ago said that Cale Yarbrough was the fourth-place car. As we took a commercial break, that is not the case. The fourth-place car is Joe Millican, and fifth right now is Dave Marcus.
0: In sixth is Terry Labonte. In seventh is Ricky Rudd. Eighth position to Buddy Arrington. Ninth spot belongs to Cale Yarbrough. In tenth is D.K. Ulrich. In eleventh spot, they're now posting Richard Childress, Harry Gant is twelfth. Baxter Price is in thirteenth position. Jimmy Means being posted in fourteenth. Fifteenth spot is Darrell Waltrip in the Dieguard Gatorade racing team. They are 29 laps off the pace of the leader. Ronnie Thomas is in 16th. Seventeenth to Roger Hamby in the Kings Inn Daytona Chevrolet. In 18th position is Dick Brooks, and 19th is Frank Warren. Well, for the folks who follow Ronnie Thomas'
4: progress each week... Again, we said a little bit earlier, he brought out one of the cautions when the car stalled in the back straightaway. They have put that car back into competition here this afternoon, and he continues to run fairly strong in this Old Dominion field today. But it's Buddy Baker's show right now. When Baker took command, he's refused to give up that lead, and he's had some of the best in the business work on him all afternoon. Right now, it's Bobby Allison trying to get back in the lap with the leader as Richard Petty rides right on the bumper of Allison up the back chute, and traffic beginning to get a little thin here at Martinsville, and the attrition rate has really began to tell in the late stages Here's Petty down on the inside of Allison.
3: Petty underneath Allison only for an instant as Bobby was up at the higher groove and had a good jump off the turn, but that is quite a battle
4: going on for second spot. Buddy Baker in a lap by himself, and all of a sudden Allison, who was trying to get his lap back on the leader, finds Richard Petty knocking on his door to take over the number two spot. They work turn three. Moving up on the Ronnie Thomas car again, Petty takes the low line and he gets a jump
3: underneath Allison, pulls up to the rear wheel, and then has to come back up in the groove out of turn four.
0: It's single file as Buddy Baker comes to the outside of Ronnie Thomas in the south end of the Speedway looking for the right way around the Stones Cafeteria Monte Carlo. Baker goes to the high side, as does Bobby Allison and Richard Petty as they go to the north end. Single file, this time by lapping Ronnie
3: Thomas. Baker is by, as is Allison. Richard Petty, waiting to move around, loses perhaps a
0: car length to Bobby Allison in that exchange. It looks as if Richard Petty runs a tad stronger when he can tuck the wheels down onto the concrete. He does it in the south end of the speedway and stuffs his nose to the rear quarter panel of Bobby Allison. That slugfest continues for second position, directly behind your leader, Buddy Baker. They move up and lap by Richard Childress, and again, Petty
3: goes right down to the bottom onto the track apron, but cannot do anything with Allison, who is quick off
0: the corner. 428 laps have gone into the record books this afternoon. As we said, Buddy Baker is on a lap by himself. Then one lap back, and having to hold off the advances of Richard Petty is Bobby Allison in the Hodgdon Thunderbird. Well, both those cars
3: have come through adversity today. Both were spun out, facing the wrong way in turn four, and they've come back here to run second and third and are pretty evenly matched. They're both handling very well at the bottom of the racetrack here at the north end of the speedway.
4: Survival has almost become the key here at Martinsville, much the same as it has been at Bristol, Tennessee, and at Darlington, South Carolina. Just being around at the finish is an accomplishment here. Richard Petty started his 800th Grand National Race here today. Here's Petty trying again to duck underneath Allison up in turn number four. Allison says, "Uh uh-uh, we're going to keep you back there a while. He's making him work for that real estate. Petty, who started his 800th race here today, and he used to be the terror of the short tracks. It was almost automatic that unless Petty had trouble, he would win. I asked him yesterday why that had changed. He's not winning as much on the short tracks anymore.
7: I guess you just have to say the competition is a lot better now than, than, uh, than what it used to be on the short track. So I would say that probably the biggest improvement uh, in the competition has come on the short tracks. We always had a lot of competition on the big tracks, but most time when you run the short tracks, you just had one or two people that even knew how to get around a short track. But uh, over a period of time, looks like everybody has really learned a lot, and uh, another thing that's helped was, you know, people like Daryl and Dale. These boys have come in and run nothing, ever run anything but short tracks, then they got a little idea of, of how to get around the short tracks. So that makes it tougher on me to try to beat them. And, you know, uh, Kel really didn't used to be that good on the short track. And he's come around and learned to drive a short track as good as anybody can. So, you know, I think everybody's just sort of concentrate probably a little bit more on the short tracks than they used to.
4: Plenty of competition here at Martinsville this afternoon with Buddy Baker in command and a lap by himself. Bobby Allison is second. Richard Petty is third. Fourth continues to be Joe Milliken, And in fifth position right now is Dave Marcus. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Martinsville Speedway, the final 100 laps are coming down here at Martinsville in the Old Dominion 500. 436 are on the board here at the north end of the Speedway. Leader continues to be Buddy Baker, but right now everybody's watching the battle between Bobby Allison and Richard Petty, and Petty has put on a show here today. It's almost been a one-man effort as far as his part out there on the racetrack. He's brought the fans to their feet on a dozen occasions this afternoon as he continues to hound Bobby Allison and Mike Joy in front of you on a lot of the restarts, and in competition, he's put some spectacular moves on.
3: Petty can really dive hard into the turn, and here he goes again, dead even with Allison. Allison will have to give him racing room. Petty has the bottom of the racetrack pinned
4: against the apron. They come up two abreast out of the fourth turn. They hammer on each other a little bit and swap some red, white, and blue and yellow paint as they come out of that corner. Petty hangs it right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Bobby Allison not giving an inch. And Richard, just about a half a car length, up inside of Allison, heads back to three. Petty tries it again on the inside. Allison comes down,
3: cannot shut him out of the low groove. Allison has the power, but Petty keeps chipping away at it with his superior handling.
2: That's exactly the way me and Richard Petty and David Pearson used to do it on the half-a-mile dirt tracks. That's the way they look like they're driving out there right now.
4: Well, they hang it all out out of turn number two. And Ned, this has to make Baker feel good, knowing that Bobby Allison and Richard Petty, as you brought out earlier in the broadcaster, have to be using up their equipment. Yes, they are. And he's been able
2: to pull away to about a car length lead, which he didn't have that before they started this last round of battle.
4: Heading back into the number one corner, it is Baker riding in front. He's in a lap by himself. Second place continues to belong to Bobby Allison. Third is Richard Petty, and fourth is Joe Milliken. Buddy Baker, Bobby Allison, and Richard Petty driving like they just robbed a bank and are trying to get away as they head up the back chute. Allison now puts a little pressure on the leader trying to get his lap back up in turn three. If it's as you described, you can't tell the cops from the robbers. Here comes Petty underneath Allison again and almost whales him coming up back up into the groove. Richard Petty sticks it down on the inside on Bobby Allison. That's the quick way around. If you can get the inside groove and you have the horses and handling, you can do it, but he's been there on numerous occasions. Can't do anything with Allison as Bobby shuts the door on him Again, it's Baker in front, Allison second, Petty third from Martinsville Speedway. This is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Martinsville Speedway, very shortly, will be coming up on 450 laps complete this afternoon. With about 50 laps remaining, we're showing 448 on the scoreboard at the north end of the Speedway. Leader continues to be Buddy Baker, and as Ned Jarrett said just before we took that commercial break here about Bobby Allison, you were commenting that he had the best line around the Speedway, and Allison is strong. He just can't get underneath Baker or get a chance to prove what he can do.
2: Well, he's having to drive both offense and defense, Barney. He's uh, driving offense, trying to get around Buddy Baker and defense against Mr. Petty, who's just banging on his bumper and right, left rear quarter panel every corner. But uh, Allison does seem to have a little bit better pattern around the racetrack if he could get out in the clear and use it as often as he'd like but in trying to follow Buddy Baker or trying to maneuver around him and hold off Richard Petty, he can't use his groove as often as
4: he'd like to. Well, the three cars really are almost equal, although Baker by virtue of circumstances and some shrewd driving here this afternoon has planked himself in a lap all by himself. He has a lap on both Allison and Richard Petty. Now, they're trying to take advantage to get around him to get back in the lead lap because we've seen it happen so many times here at Martinsville. A caution, something happens, somebody blow up going into one of the corners, change the whole situation and they can't afford to gamble too much. They're just hoping for another break, something to get them up there with the leader. But Baker, not giving any ground, And I'll have to say this for Buddy Baker. If he wins this race this afternoon, he's earned it. He's driven a smart race from beginning to end. He's paced himself and his equipment. And Richard Petty goes flying underneath Bobby Allison and scoots into the number two spot up in three.
3: Petty got tired of Allison's game. Allison was playing strategy. The last lap by into turn three, Bobby braked and let off the throttle about halfway down the straightaway. Petty said enough of that and dove underneath Allison to take over the
0: second spot. And Richard Petty has turned the heat up on the STP Chevrolet Monte Carlo as they round out of the south end of the speedway. And around DK Ulrich, he tries to close on Buddy Baker from Martinsville Speedway. This is the MRN Broadcasting Company.
4: A one of the Alabama drivers, Jimmy Means from Huntsville, who's been running strong here all afternoon, had a good finish assured if he could just keep it all together. He's had trouble coming into turn number one, a lot of smoke out of the car, and they have now taken his car behind the pit wall on the Speedway. Richard Petty trying to unlap himself and get underneath Buddy Baker and a moment ago he scooted underneath Allison and Petty's beginning to put the heat on Buddy Baker up in turn three he's there
3: Petty's got a good shot at it but they are fast approaching Richard Brooks
4: it'll overlap Brooks Petty sticking on the bottom he's out of the turn and nose ahead of Baker dead heat heading for the start finish line looks like a drag race as they come back into one Brooks is still there Brooks will take the outside groove Richard Petty's all the way to the bottom of the racetrack Baker makes him use up every inch of real estate to gain an inch they head out of turn number two and they are still door to door Petty
3: dives into turn number three hard, and Baker comes in right with him. They are now almost on top of Brooks.
4: Somebody is going to have to make a decision, and again, Petty noses out of the turn ahead of Baker. Somebody's got to give because they're catching Dick Brooks, who can't get all the way in an outside lane, he's got to be up in the inside groove, Petty still sticks to the bottom of the racetrack, and he's trying to work Baker in behind Dick Brooks's car, as they head up to turn three if he can do it, he can get around. It all depends on which way Brooks goes, Brooks pushes the nose high, Petty may have a little room underneath, but it won't be this time, they head it back out of
0: four still in a dead heat. Hub to hub, they come across the stripe to complete the 458th circuit. It's Richard Petty downstairs. Buddy Baker looks to the outside of Dick Brooks that time, but Baker still stranded on the high side. And now the question is, where will Dave Marcus and Dick Brooks go as they go to you, Mike? Brooks has nowhere to go. He can't get by Marcus.
3: They are holding the traffic. Petty is on the inside. He may have a little bit of edge, half a car length, but Baker brings it right
0: back. You heard Buddy Baker say running traffic was like picking your way through a minefield. Now, Dick Brooks tries to go downstairs to give way to Buddy Baker. Richard Petty directly behind them. They slice their way midway down the backstretch, and Brooks is out of the way. A sportsmanship move by Brooks. He
2: just put the brakes on and got out of the way, but then they ran in on Marcus in front of Mike Joy.
3: And Baker was able to get Box Petty in behind Marcus, and they are back to single file once again.
4: Traffic can be the difference right here. Richard Petty getting that lap back as he trails Baker out of the number two corner. He's fallen back to about a half a car length. Buddy Baker out front, and what a battle Richard Petty has put up here this afternoon to win this one. It's Baker a lap on the field right now. Richard Petty rides second. Bobby Allison is third. Joe Milliken is fourth. Richard Petty's at it again. He's alongside Buddy Baker in front of Mike Joy. He's got a good
3: shot at him again, Barty, as they move up on Ricky Rudd. They've still got a lot of ways to go
4: before they catch Rudd's automobile, and Petty may make it work. Petty has just been shoving that STP Chevrolet in these corners unreal and if that car were not working perfectly it would have already been in the wall a half a dozen times this afternoon. He's still hanging door to door with Buddy Baker in turn three. He wants that lap back. They're still dead even but they must have used up a lot of brakes flailing at each other
3: these last 20 laps. They come out of the turn again two abreast.
4: Heading back into the number one corner, Petty doesn't give any ground. He's still door-to-door with Buddy Baker trying to unlap himself as we get down to the concluding laps of the Old Dominion 500, 466 laps are complete, 34 laps to go. Still side-by-side, heading down into turn number three. Baker
3: with a, perhaps half a car length edge. Petty takes it right back in the middle of the turn they come out dead
4: even once again moving up on traffic. This time Richard Childress moves out of the groove, heads all the way out to the wall, gives them running room. They're going to be running up on Ricky Rudd's car. It's still Petty down on the inside. Baker taking the outside route and Richard has a half a car length up there and traffic is going to be the factor that will decide this one up in turn three as Ricky Rudd forces Richard Petty to fall back in behind Buddy Baker. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. Well, just for sheer racing and competition, this has to be one of the best shows we've seen this year. On the 1979 Winston Cup Tour, would you believe Richard Petty and Buddy Baker are still running door-to-door, picking their way through traffic, neither giving an inch. Petty wanting to get back in the same lap to win this one this afternoon. He won the Virginia 500, and he seems to have his form back on the short cracks. And, Ned Jarrett, I know it's been a long time since you've seen Petty run like this.
2: Yes, it has been, Barney. He's been very aggressive all afternoon. Of course, he's had to be that way, but, uh, you know, he's thrilling his fans the way that he has
4: over the years, and that's one thing that's made him so popular. Well, the fans are standing on their feet watching this battle, and for the moment, Petty is a half a car length back of Buddy Baker and Jackie Root. We've, we had a long chat with Richard here this weekend, and he was besieged by reporters and writers and broadcasters wanting to know how he felt about competing in 800 grand national races. We had a chance to ask him, do you think more about what you've done, or do you look more to the future?
7: Well, you know, I guess everybody likes to reminisce a little bit, but I haven't got old enough yet to, to sit back and enjoy what I've already done. I'm still looking forward Forward to, to uh, doing new things and, and winning more races and you know if we got any records trying to add on to them or get some that hadn't got but the main thing is that I'm still looking to the future more than I am to the past so that means I spend more time when I sit down and uh, see what's going on I'm trying to figure out how to win the next race more than I did how we won the last race so uh, you know we're still looking forward.
0: Well, right now he's looking at the rear deck lid of your leader, Buddy Baker. It's Richard Petty running in second, Bobby Allison is third, and Joe Milliken is fourth. Now, Petty, Allison, and Milliken are all one lap off the pace set by Baker thus far. Petty goes to the inside of Buddy Baker once again, trying to regain that one lap deficit as they go to the south end of the speedway. And Petty is almost out of control, gathers it back in, but it was a close call first for Buddy Baker and then for Richard Petty. And here comes Bobby Allison down the
3: backstretch, trying to take advantage of Petty's miscue. He climbs right up on the back bumper of the STP
0: Chevrolet. Petty still hanging to the inside and holding on to second spot. Dave Marcus continues to be posted in fifth position. Terry Labonte is sixth. Ricky Rudd is seventh. Eighth goes to Buddy Arrington. In ninth is. Yarbrough, and D.K. Ulrich is in 10th position. From Martinsville Speedway, this is the MRN Broadcasting Company. The crowd have come to their feet, and they applaud. Buddy Baker of Charlotte, North Carolina, less than a lap to go for Buddy Baker as he seeks his first victory in Martinsville, Virginia, and the grandfather clock that's donated by Clay Earls is the trophy.
3: This time, he dives low into turn number three, and again, as it has for 500 laps, the
4: car pushes a bit in the turn, It comes out, waves to the crowd. Checkered flag for Buddy Baker at Martinsville, Virginia, as he wins the Old Dominion 500. It is Baker's first win ever here at the Speedway. Well, here at Martinsville Speedway right now, down in victory lane, let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Buddy Baker,
2: that was not an easy one. Congratulations.
4: Thank you, Ned.
11: Uh, You know, if a car hadn't run down the straightaway like it did, I... I just was very fortunate that the car was handling well enough and running well enough to hold off Richard like it did till ten laps to go, and I said, well, I got her made now. If they throw a caution, it'll finish under the caution, so I let him go, but uh, I didn't have any brakes from about halfway on, and it made it kind of tough in traffic.
2: Yeah, but you seemed to handle so well on the outside of him
11: when he was down on the bottom, and it looked like you had a lot of brakes. Well... I was really, Like I say, the car was handling, or I couldn't run it without brakes, and it was running super. Waddell Wilson just did a super job of getting the car ready, and I'd like to thank my boss, Harry Renier, for sticking with me. I know we started out on a rocky path the first part of this year, but the winning combination has been there all the time. We just have to hit it and make it work every week.
2: Well, Harry Renier is standing here uh, with a smile on his face, and uh, justly so. Buddy, you didn't wasn't able to relax not one time during the afternoon. You had to drive it every turn. You couldn't uh, break your concentration.
11: Ned, I think you've known me over my 20-year career, and I don't think you've ever saw me get to coast any. When they're two or three laps down, they race me just like you're trying to take the lead.
2: Well, congratulations on a fine win.
11: Right. Thank you. Colleen, I know you're proud of it. Oh, definitely.
2: And of course, Colleen is uh, is Buddy's uh, wife, and she's right here with him in Victory Lane, was looking around to, to say a word with Waddell Wilson. Waddell, congratulations on a super run here you had that engine performing to, perf- to perfection and you had the car handling off the well too
6: well Ned I thank you very much you know I contribute to win to all the crew we have a great group of guys one of the best group I've ever worked with and I just thank God for granting us this win today you know and I want to thank the boys back to the shop for all the work they put into this which is important as the guys here at the racetrack
2: Hey, that's what L. Wilson, the crew chief on that car. The fellow that builds the engine. I'm going to say a word to Harry Rainier. Harry, a smile on your face, and uh, I'm sure you're proud of the whole team.
11: Ned, I think Buddy kind of deserved this one. I think he's due for one, and I think he really
12: worked hard for this one. I think it was, I think he didn't just back into it. I think he, I think he, I think he
0: won the race.
2: Well, Barney Hall said back in the broadcast, if he wins this race, he deserves it. That says it all. Now back to
0: you. Well, as we enter into the fall season of racing, short track racing, Winston racing style has come to a close at many of the speedways up and down the East Coast. But in North Carolina, there has been some racing action. And our MRN racing correspondent for the Simon Eyes World Racing Scoreboard, Jack Terry, filed this report.
8: Last Sunday at the Hickory Motor Speedway, pole setter Morgan Shepherd, driving the Morgan, uh, driving the Monk Tate prepared Thomas Brothers O's captured his first event of the season in Hickory. Trailing Shepard at the finish of the 150-lap special event was John Settlemeyer. Bob Presley, Clarence Ogle, Jeff Hall, and 17-year-old Lisa Jackson was six in only her second late-mile sportsman start. Settlemeyer was crowned the 1979 Hickory Speedway Track Champion for the third year in a row after point leader Tommy Houston blew an engine while leading this event. Hickory's next event will be the Bobby Isaac Memorial 500, Sunday, October 14th. Last night at the Caraway Speedway at Asheboro, Sam Art held off hard charges from Butch Lindley and Tommy Houston to win his 22nd event of the season, the third annual Caraway 200 National Championship event. Fourth went to Gene Glover, and fifth was track champion Jay Hitchcock. Caraway's final event of the season will be held this coming Saturday, September the 29th, with the running of the Autumn 120 Special Doubleheader for the late-model sportsmen and modified cars. Also coming up in the Tar Hill State on Saturday, October the 6th, will be the richest late Mile sportsman event of the season, the World Service Life 300, that has 61 top late Mile sportsman cars already entered. This is Jack Terry reporting for Simon Eyes from the Martinsville Speedway.
0: We'll take a look at the finish of the Old Dominion 500 as well as the Race of Champions that's taking place at Pocono International Raceway after this. One of the wildest races in Martinsville Speedway's 32-year history is expected next Saturday here in Martinsville when the track stages are rescheduled $16,985 Autumn 150. That's a 150-lap NASCAR National Championship late-model sportsman race. The event rained out yesterday at the half-mile track covers 78.75 miles and pays the winner a whopping $2,575. But what is equally important is that it awards points towards the 1979 National Championship Championship, as well as points towards the track's $15,000 Sportsman Point Fund. Originally, Speedway president here at Martinsville, H. Clay Earls, had set the starting field at 30 cars, but with some 50 entries signed in yesterday before the rains came, he felt there were just too many good cars to send home, and he has increased the starting field for next Saturday's event to some 40 cars. At the Race of Champions for the Mod Squad, the men that live by the grace of God and 500 horsepower, there are five laps to go in that event. Richie Evans, the National Mod Modified driving champion. Leads Gary Creddy in second position. Third is Maynard Troyer. Bill Park is fourth, and Gail Barber finishes in fifth position, should it go down that way, with the f- only five laps remaining on that two-and-a-half-mile super speedway. The finish here at Martinsville for the Winston Cup Grand National competitors found Buddy Baker, besting Richard Petty, who finished in second position. Third spot went to an ailing Bobby Allison. Check that. went to. Joe Milliken in fourth spot, wasn't ailing Bobby Allison. He lost two positions on the exchange with just three laps to go in the event. Finishing fifth, a fine run for the Shoney's Restaurant Hudson Chevrolet of Dave Marcus. Ricky Rudd finishes in sixth position. Seventh goes to Buddy Arrington. Eighth belongs to car number... Eighth position would be Terry Labonte, and in ninth position, they are now posting D.K. Ulrich. The average speed for the event, well, the time of the race was three hours, 29 minutes, and 40 seconds for an average speed of 75.119 miles per hour. The goodies Headache Award winner, the $250 today, goes to Dale Earnhardt, who crashed early in this afternoon's event. And that's it for the $122,000 Old Dominion 500 and the Simonized World Racing Scoreboard. Well, Barney, it's got to be a very happy... Happy Buddy Baker in Victory Lane. But I think if I were Richard Petty, I'd be smiling from ear to ear as well. You know, it's not been... The best of the last three or four years. And then comes 1979, and first the victory in the Daytona 500, and then the short track victory back here at Martinsville. The muscle being shown at the super speedways, like Darlington in the early going in the CRC Rebel 500. And now he shows muscle as well at Dover, Delaware, and comes right back here to Martinsville and reestablishes himself as a short track superstar.
4: Well, it's almost like a rejuvenation of the STP racing team, as right now they're capable of winning anywhere they go. They had a kind of a learning process when they switched over to the Chevrolet, but there's been nothing but smiles on Dale Inman and Wade Thornburg and Richard Petty for the last couple of weeks. The race at Martinsville today, the Old Dominion 500, I'm going to say it's the best one I've ever seen here.
0: Indeed, I think it may very well be in the 32-year history of the track, but it seems like week in and week out when we do these broadcasts, no matter where we are, be it Riverside, California, Dover, Delaware, Martinsville, Virginia, or Charlotte, North Carolina, we keep saying that, echoing it as we get ready to go off the air, but that's the way it's been in 1979, and as we get down to the last three events for the MRN Broadcasting Company, I'm beginning to look excitedly towards the initiation of the 1980 season, the Winston Western 500 in January at Les Richter's facility.
4: Well, something the fans are certainly going to be watching is the battle for the national driving title between Daryl Waltrip and Richard Petty. Petty gained even more ground here today, and as you brought out a moment ago, he cut the lead to
0: just about half. And there are only a handful of races left. The Holly Farms 400 takes the green flag one week from today at North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. MRN Broadcasting will be back on the air for the Napa National 500 at Charlotte, North Carolina, on Sunday, October 7th. On October 21st, the Winston Cuppers do it at Rockingham, North Carolina, in the American 500. They then move to the Atlanta International Raceway. The one-and-a-half-mile facility will host the Dixie 500. MRN Broadcasting will be on the air back here at Martinsville for the October 28th running of what is in my mind, one of the most enjoyable races to cover. The future stars of racing, where the Dale Earnharts and the Joe Millikins came from, that's the Cardinal 500, a twin bill for late model sportsmen and modified competitors, and they go for close to $100,000 in posted awards here at Clay Earl's facility twice a year, the Dogwood 500, and then the curtain closer for their championship drives, that, of course, the Cardinal 500. That's Sunday, October 28th. We'll be on the air to cover that activity, and then we'll all get back together again on November 18th for the Times 5 for Winston Cup Grand National Division drivers at Ontario Motor Speedway in Ontario, California.
4: Well, again, our congratulations to Buddy Baker and Ned Jarrett, who did a splendid job covering the action of the pits here this afternoon. Mike Joy, who covered the action up in turns three and four. For Jackie Root, this is Barney Hall saying so long from Martinsville, Virginia.
3: From Martinsville Speedway in Martinsville, Virginia, this has been the MRN Broadcasting Company's coverage of the Old Dominion 500. Brought to you by Bush Beer. Remember, don't just reach for a beer; head for the mountains. By STP, makers of fine automotive products. By Pontiac, creator of Trans Am. We've been building excitement for 53 years. By Gatorade. When you're hot and sweaty, take a tip from Daryl Walter Give your body what it's thirsty for with Gatorade. By Goodies headache powder. More people are switching to Goodies because Goodies costs less. By Simon Eyes, famous Simon Eyes pre-soft and liquid. Remember, there are shines and there are Simon Eyes shines. By Twenty Twenty Eye Drops, the only eye drops guaranteed to remove redness. And by the King's Inn, with pool, disco, and great entertainment on the ocean in beautiful Daytona Beach, Florida. The King's Inn, racing's Daytona Beach headquarters. The executive producer of MRN Broadcasting is Jack Aruba. Associate producer Mike Joy. Chief engineer Harry Howard. Executive assistant Mindy McCall. Director John McMillan. All personnel are employees paid by the MRN Broadcasting Company. Stay tuned to most of these stations for the broadcast of the Napa National 500 NASCAR Winston Cup Grand National Stock Car Race from Charlotte Motor Speedway on Sunday, October 7. This broadcast was a presentation of the MRN Broadcasting Company, a division of International Speedway Corporation.